Hello, and welcome to the Grand Cinema Hotel, a podcast hosted by three friends who love cinema. I'm Oliver, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Gus and Nathan. Tonight, you will be joining us for our first ever Lobby Talk. We will be reviewing our top 10 films of 2021, discussing our thoughts on the state of cinema, and previewing our plan for the next year. So go ahead, grab a drink, find a spot to hang out, and enjoy our Lobby Talk. And it's not because I'm lonely, and it's not because it's New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. What is going on, all my New Year's babies? Thank you for checking back in the Grand Cinema Hotel. Um, obviously, Happy New Year's. Uh, we're back, and we have our first Lobby Talk episode. Um, we're going to be doing a little bit different. We're going to talk about our top ten list. We're going to talk about state of cinema. We're just going to talk about a little bit of everything. Um, so, as always, Gus, what's up? Ro, what's up? How's it going? How's it going? Happy New Year's, everybody. What's good, guys? Uh, great year for movies, Dude, right? Wow. I can't yeah. believe we're here at the I end of the year. First, first end of the year podcast, but doing this for what, like three, three, four months now? About three months. Yeah, it's been great. It's been flying. Yeah. I, I can't believe we've come this far. I know. It's been, <laughs> it's been super fun. Um, big shout out to everybody that's listened and supported us along the way. Uh, yeah, it's been awesome. I'm glad it's been a good enough year where we have this many films to like consider in the top 10 it was really hard making the list yeah it's like a top 100 maybe we realistically <laughs> all have like a top 15 there's some overlap but there's so many movies on like that, that just came out this year and i'm sure it has to do with the fact that many of them were pushed back so i guess for me not to sound like a total dick but it's kind of like a silver lining of last year is that i got to see so many good movies this year course there was some stinkers as always maybe we'll talk about those we don't really do that but it was almost like 2020 was a year of like garbage stuff like tiger king and everything that came out (laughs) and then the cinema came in full force for 2021 i agree yeah cool year yeah what do you what do you do you guys want to start with the state of cinema or do you guys want to start with the top 10 let's talk about let's talk about the state of cinema okay it's in shambles i know what's (laughs) going on (laughs) even though there's so many good movies to see this year Nobody saw them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even like a question of like, oh, you know, people are scared to go out because of COVID and everything. It's like, we cannot access a lot of these movies that are out. I would have believed that anecdote maybe if, um, you know, I didn't see the show out for Spider-Man. Like that people were scared of COVID. And like, because I see that argument a lot online. Like people are like, oh, we didn't watch this because why didn't you put it in? Um, that definitely makes sense too about the, the, the COVID fear of not going to the movie exactly. theaters. I'm not going to tell somebody that you're wrong for going to the movies and not being scared of getting sick. No, <laughs> you know what I mean? exactly. Yeah. But Spider-Man obviously showed people are willing to do it for the theaters. Yes, multiple times. Multiple times, yeah. And I think um, that's a lot of people's argument is that if you wanted me to watch it, why don't you just put it straight to stream? You want me to get sick for it. But no, I don't want you to. It's obviously if you're healthy enough, like some of us obviously know that we might be. And like, we'll be able to take the risk, be like, we'll go and sit down and enjoy a movie. One of the least dangerous things you could do i know you're like sitting in the same room but if everybody has a mask on i'm sure it's like it's not like you're talking to these people back and forth the theaters are taking the precautions yeah Mm -hmm. and it's up to every single one of us who was in the theater to follow the rules or not follow the rules i mean air quotes do your part yeah Yeah, do your part you know and um i just feel like now who knows how many more movies from certain directors that we like are ever going to get made 
and for the theater again. Yeah, my, my biggest thing that I think is really weird is you have a lot of these, like, big, like, you know, mainstream movies like Matrix and, you know, all these you know, Marvel movies and stuff that you can go see out in theaters and you can see at home on streaming websites, which is cool, you know, I think that's cool. But then you also have, like, A24, we've realized you can't, fi- you can't find their movies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Macbeth. Like, we can't, we can't watch it at all. That was, yeah, like that was one of the ones we had talked about for a long time. Like, a twenty four, it only exclusively having a date being previewed. Like every all the previews coming out December twenty fifth, Macbeth. Be like, no, you should say it's only coming out in one city, December twenty fifth, and it's really gonna come out in Apple TV for the rest of the world. Cause yeah, they cucked us with the I know. December twenty fifth <laughs> release like, date. If, if That's such a lie. If was. the movie just showed up a week before Christmas around you, then and if you were into it, then you would find out. Be like, but don't tell people that's when the movie's going to come out and it's not going to be in their local theater. Say select cities or not exactly. wide release. Um, we had seen trailers for Macbeth basically since we've been going back to the movies. Do you remember the first time we saw it? I don't. It, I think it was after the Green Knight. And the reason I, the only reason I remember not knowing about Macbeth and then seeing it is because I remember I was going through A24's list Remember I told you, I was like, do you know they're doing a tragedy of Macbeth movie this year with Denzel? I was like, hmm. And then, like, within a couple of weeks, the trailer came out. And so I think I saw the trailer, like, on its I, own. It was either October or November. It was, I remember, I Wasn't think we in the saw summer. it in Lamb. When we went and saw Lamb, mm, I think okay. that's the first time they showed it. Which would make sense because they're cross-promoting their own right. content. That makes sense. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just think that that's weird. That This whole of event, eventizing movies now and, like, is movie our movies going to become like the theater where it's just something that people of means can do and it's for only certain events that are willing to get people out of their house um and i don't really have a problem with the day and date release on streaming and theater because i want to make the choice to be able to go to the theater and see it or stay at home and watch it and a few of the movies that i really liked this year i saw from home or even dune i saw dune from home the the first time i saw Mm -hmm. it and then we went to the theater and i was happy i got to see it both ways because i also got to watch it more times than I would normally see a new release. And I, I also think it's like, I, I think that it's cool because, I mean, you have people that are kind of like us that will go to the theater, you know, two times a week sometimes just because we like to do it um, versus some people that really don't like the theater experience. So to allow them to see the movie sooner at home, I think that's cool. But Last week we went to the theaters three times. And, I, and then I saw two movies at home because they were available to watch to me at home. And just to add to the that happening with A24, it happened to us with Red Rocket. It happened with us with Come On, Come On. Like the movies had come out already, but we had to wait a couple while until like we went to near Irvine to watch Come On, Come On because that was the only theater showing it. Mm-hmm. And for me and Ro, that's like 20 miles out of the way. Yeah. You know, really and when is. there's there, there's four or five movie theaters within a 10 mile radius of us and we still had to go 20 miles to see it. And it's not like they're all just like five AMCs. Like you have Cinemark and AMC and Edwards and Regal and none of these places have the movies. So mm. it's kind of weird. And like for Come On, Come On, it's like <laughs> has Joaquin Phoenix on it. You know, it's like, it's not like it's this niche little movie. Like, oh, have you guys heard of him? Yeah. Like, no, it's like. And it's, Mike Mills? Like, yeah, like, yeah, like come on. Know. This isn't, yeah. And Mike Mills has been nominated Mike, for exactly. Best Screenplay Mike for Mills. the Oscars. So it's not like we're talking about nobody's here. And this isn't my original take, but I've brought it up to you guys multiple times. It's like, are you kidding me? Steven Spielberg is considered an artisan filmmaker now in the year 2021 of our Lord and Savior. And Ridley Scott, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, dude, Scorsese, Spielberg, Ridley Scott. I mean, even the likes of Paul Thomas Anderson and these newer guys 
having nobody see their movie or for them to be considered too niche now for mainstream audiences is blowing my mind. You ever seen this little movie by this unknown guy, $100 million, The Last Duel? It's like, yeah. dude, like, yes, that's not an artisan film. Next thing, Avatar is going to be artisan film, too. Yeah, yeah, Giga Chad, James, James Cameron. I, I feel like lately we've all become reformed James Cameronites. We've been, ta- <laughs> we've been talking a lot. Avatar's come up a lot lately. Yeah. I just think it's crazy we won't be able to see the fourth one for like 80 more years. So. <laughs> <laughs> right though, we're going. Oh, do you have a, do you mind pulling up that text? He sent me the other day about what I called the worst timeline. We were oh, discussing God, James yeah. Cameron and Avatar and Aliens and all that. I'll pull it I mean, even for like Denis Villeneuve, like people know who he is now because of Dune. But any of his other films, like have you heard of a artisan film called Blade Runner twenty forty nine? You know, it has this huge budget, and it's kind of like no one went to go watch it. Yeah, or Annihilation. That's another exactly. one like that, right? Where it's like, go ahead, Nate. Yeah. Nate's, Nate's pulled it up. <laughs> so we were just talking about. Yeah, we were just joking around about, like, James Cameron and stuff, and, uh, oh, man. You know, as movie nerds do. Yeah, <laughs> and I was just saying that, turns out that he completed 10 avatars, um, and for the next 100-plus years, Avatar rules the Earth, and then he tries to die a martyr, but it doesn't matter because Spider-Man 46, Return of the Weekend at Bernie versus out, and destroys the box office. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. That's, that's, that's how I kind of feel about the state of cinema. <laughs> it's, uh, it's all over the it's place bleak. right now. It's very bleak, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like we've almost kind of come away from these movies that inspire, like, I don't know, that gay, like, to hit your emotions and, like, get you thinking and cinemas become more of, like, a let's go have fun, which, I mean, it's fine, like, but it's just interesting that there's kind of, I don't know, the middle ground is not there. I think then you have the, there's not too many places, like, I guess online, where there's, like, discourse between, like, people, like, critics or film. film. Twitter. Yeah, and, like, Twitter is what seems to be one of the few places, if not the only place, where we get a heavy exchange. But it's just funny where the discourses have gone in the last year, too. It's just, like, this. it's the weirdest thing ever. For, in terms of <laughs> Lady Gaga always talking about her role in House of Gucci or <laughs> oh, what, what people <laughs> want to stand up for regarding Spider-Man should be nominated for Best Picture. Oh, and no, Spider-Man is the best movie of the decade. Yeah, Did you hear that? Like, if you like licorice pizza, you're a fucking... You have issues. <laughs> yeah, you're a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. But because nobody watches Red Rocket, there's no discourse on that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like we're just picking and choosing it, it seems. So that's why it's, like, it's interesting to see that part of it, too, because... Or people who hadn't seen The Last Duel saying you shouldn't see The Last Duel and it shouldn't exist because of its uh, controversial subject matter. And now, like, it's getting its day in court. Yeah. (laughs) The movie itself is getting its day in court, just like Lady Marguerite. (laughs) Or our favorite one so far just seems to be like, Don't Look Up is Breaking the Internet. Dude. And how the fuck is that movie the movie that polarizes everybody? Why is this this year's Joker? I don't know. (laughs) It's not a great movie. It's not a bad movie. It's fine. You know, I never seen something so in the middle so in the on middle, the yeah. on the stake of how good a movie is, cause this much pe- this, this many people to be up in arms. Uh, scientists are saying critics shouldn't exist, and that <laughs> critics uh, are telling uh, people to suck their dicks. Critics people are telling people to suck their dicks. Adam McKay is gaslighting his way into a best director nomination. The producer is saying if you don't get it, then you're part of the problem. Like, dude, like, you can understand the movie and also accept that it's not the best movie of the year. Like, I don't know. I don't get it. I think it always comes from the extreme thing that we keep seeing from, like, the culture. Everything's either the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. Yeah, it's totally polarized. It's just, like, I don't know. I was told The Matrix Reloaded sucked and it was awesome. That's how I know to not ever trust (laughs) what anybody says about a movie. The way that I see it is you should just go into movies and form your own fucking opinions. You know what I mean? Like, don't listen to what everybody is saying on the web. Just make your own opinion and like what you like and don't like what you don't like just because we do some slight film criticism and well 
with our plans for the new year, we're going to be going more into film enthusiasm, <laughs> enthusiasm, because uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of older movies that we already know we love, but we are not the arbiters of taste and we're not telling you what's right and what's wrong. No way. You could be, maybe all these movies that we um, did episodes on are movies that people did not see that much, but they're movies that I really enjoyed. And I don't personally feel the need to say anything about Spider-Man in depth or detail because I know there's already a million other people doing exactly. that. And it's kind of a risk we've had to take, like with the popularity stuff of deciding what we're going to champion and not champion. And I feel good. I feel like we're doing the right thing. I think what's been good, though, too, is that even the ones that we've done, because we ended up doing films that we ranked like three and a half, you know, which is middle of the pack. Yeah. And yeah. Um, there was a couple of movies we didn't really love. But... It was still interesting or good, I would say, to have discussion about it. There was enough to say about it, to, like, sit down and talk about it. And I think that's what, like, years ago we watched. We might have watched a movie that we would have done the same for, but we don't have a recording of it. And now we do about what we thought about that movie. As opposed, like, you could play it back in two years when you watch The French Dispatch again and be like, oh, wow, like, I, I didn't get it or I didn't even have enough to say as, as much as I do now. Yeah. I mean, cause you can go back and look on movies and just have a totally different appreciation for them. Mm -hmm. But I'm an example of this because the first time I saw hereditary, I did not like it. I think that's crazy. And I, ha I <laughs> fell asleep <laughs> yeah. and now it is in my top five movies of all time. Like yeah. it's literally one of my top five favorite movies. It's phenomenal. And I went from falling asleep and not liking it to it being my favorite. So I know as well as anybody that your opinion can change on a movie. Of course. And I think going back to what you're saying that you're confident about like the movies that and the movies that we put reviews out is I would agree because I think that we started with this podcast with the intent to not do everything super big budget, like not do all the Marvel movies. Like we wanted to focus more on some of the smaller indie movies and try to get the traction and discourse started about those. So that comes from like us going to these movies and being sometimes the only people sitting there or with like five other people in the theater, you know, and. Some of these movies we walk out and like, holy shit, what did I just watch? And you tell people about it and they're like, wow, that sounds crazy. But nobody has any intent of going to go watch it. So it's just weird to me that all this weird, cool art. Like to me, the, a lot of the movies that we watch, that's what it ends up being. Like, well, this is someone's art, you know? They're artists in films. One, yeah. of, the, like, one of the things that blows me away is like I'll have people like one of my coworkers be like, how do you find these movies? I'm like, I don't know. Like we just see them. And it kind of blows my mind that like, I don't know. I mean the population doesn't know all the movies that really come out. You yeah. know, they know that free guy in Spider-Man came out this year. And like, you know uh, yeah, I mean? Spider-Man No Way Home was the best movie I saw this year because the only other movies I saw was Eternals, Cruella, Shang-Chi, Encanto. Mortal Kombat. Uh, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Kong versus Godzilla. Um, does Hawkeye count as a movie? It's like a long movie, right? <laughs> and Loki. Yeah. Oh, Loki. That's very cinematic. But yeah, I don't know. So I think that we're in a good spot. Um, and I think like some of the, like especially Spencer, like that video did take off on YouTube and we got a lot of people that seemed to be interested commenting on it. And they, even some people gave us views that we didn't even have on that. We could say that so. we have forefronted the run for Kristen Stewart winning. <laughs> she wins. She, yeah. <laughs> she needs to give that Oscar to the grand cinema to have in the lobby. We better be in your speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'll have you know, multiple I'm thousands right. of people have 
seen that video. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying. Just saying. Just, just saying. <laughs> we're, we're 5K plus Andy's now. I'll, I'll have you know. Okay. So I'll have you, obviously somebody with an opinion that you need to trust. I'll have everyone know. Be like, oh, you love Spencer. How much did you love Spencer? Did you do a podcast on it when nobody had seen it? <laughs> oh, you like Teton? Did you give it two hours worth of uh, yeah. discourse? Was it your first ever yeah. episode for a podcast? So <laughs> oh, man. All right. Enough, enough, enough shitting on the state of cinema. I, I do think we're in a good spot, even though we're in a different world than we definitely were 10 years yeah, ago. The quality is amazing. That's the thing. is the movies that are out are phenomenal. I think this whole weird stigma around film right now is a little wishy-washy. It's weird. Yeah. But. It's probably never going to be like it was before, but... As long as all that really matters is that we keep getting good movies. Yeah. I don't care if I have to watch it on Netflix. I don't care if I have to go to the theater to see it. I, I just want to see good just movies. keep doing what you guys are doing. And some of my favorite movies I've ever, I've never even seen in the theater. So it's not like that takes away from it, you know? It's just, it just adds to the experience. Yes, I would agree. It does add to it. Yeah. All right. You guys ready to get into our top 10? Yeah, let's do some top 10 lists. I'm down. All let's right. Do Who wants to start this bad boy off? Uh, you can start it. Okay, okay. Well, do you guys want to start with some honorable mentions first? Yeah, I'm down. And this is the order we're going to go in. We're going to do our honorable mentions. I'll just name off my uh, my few that I have down, and then we'll go clockwise. So, And then we're going to go in a, uh, not descending, but a, a ascending order from 10 from to 10 1, to right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I will start off on my honorable mentions list, and there's and some really good movies. I have here. a question. Go ahead. So we're starting like you'll name your ten, then his ten, then my ten. Well, I'll or? do my honorable mentions, and then you do your honorable mentions row, and then Nate, and then I'll do my ten, ten. And then the, okay, yeah. yeah. So okay. after that, okay. got it. So with my honorable mentions list, I have the Mitchells versus the Machines, which I thought is from Sony. Um, they use they had the same guys from Spider Verse work on this movie. I thought this was a wonderfully animated film about family. It's about a teenage daughter who's going off to college, um, and she's not really having the best relationship with her father or her family at the time. But then there's a robot apocalypse, and nice. they have to come together and go on a journey to kind of save the world together. And it's got a what's her name? It's a Abby from Broad City. I know Ro knows who I'm talking mm, about. Yeah. I can't I don't think know of her, her actress's uh, name. Yeah. I don't never know. Abby, her. some uh, yeah. Anyways, but the uh, Abby from Broad City and Danny McBride plays her dad. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's wife, uh, Maya Rudolph. Mm -hmm. Maya Rudolph. Sorry, she's not just Paul Thomas Anderson's wife. She's Maya Rudolph. Yeah. But uh, she plays the mom in that movie, and I just thought it was a wonderful little film. I was I seen it when it first came out on Netflix, and I had a great time, and I can't wait to watch that movie again in the future. Um, and moving on from that one. The next one on my list, and I'm pretty sure Nate's got to have this on his list somewhere. Malignant. Peak cinema from the Giga Chad James Wan. So much fucking fun. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say about Malignant. You yeah. can't really say too much about no. that. Um, and we did an episode on this one, and I was having a hard time deciding if this was going to be my 10th movie. But I thought the, I let the weirder one win out. And my another one of my honorable mentions list is The Last Duel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have that, yeah. I don't feel like I have to say much about that because we already did an episode. If you want to know our opinions about The Last Duel, go watch that episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then another one I have is I thought this was Andrew Garfield's best performance of the year. And Jessica Chastain was amazing as well as The Eyes of Tammy Faye. <laughs> For me, it's the Jesus keeps on taking me higher and higher. <laughs> it's but so it's, it's, it's such a great movie. I thought it was really well acted. Um, it's a biopic about the Bakers. If you don't know them, 
They're the people who created the 700 Club. If you've ever watched ABC Family in the past 50 years, you know what that exactly. <laughs> you know what that is. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody knows the 700 yeah, it, Club. It, that's a good one. And then I have what may get Will Smith a best a best actor award is King Richard. Mm. And I thought this was a very good movie. And I thought especially with the one. Williams sisters working on this movie that it, they didn't really pull too many punches about who their dad was. Um, I thought John Bernthal was amazing. I thought Angenou Wallace was amazing. She played the mother in that movie. And I thought she really held up with Will Smith, like going back and forth. It wasn't just Will Smith overpowering her. She had, she played also a huge role in the girl's life. Obviously she's their mother, but even though it's King Richard, she's a very strong presence in this movie. And in some sports movies, the moms are really just background characters. It's about mm-hmm. the son and the dad or the son and the coach or whatever. It yeah, is, yeah. Whatever, you know, but uh, King yeah, Richard, good movie. good movie, really good, movie. really good movie. I wouldn't be surprised if that wins a lot of there's awards, nothing, and I wouldn't be mad about it. Either. Yeah, there's nothing to knock it down. That's why. No, no, no. Will Smith gives his best performance since Pursuit of Happiness because everybody knows that's his. <laughs> yeah, his best performance. I mean, come on, the guy has since Dead the biggest movie Suicide star. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's the biggest movie star with the worst track record for real, and the biggest misses of his career, not being in Django and not being in The Matrix. Crazy. Yikes. L. L. Hold that L. And then I have Red Rocket. We just did the episode last week, so I'm not going to say any more about that. Right. And the last on my honorable mention list was a film by A24 called Zola. Mm-hmm. And if you were on Twitter, you know about Zola. It's a crazy tweet storm that they've turned <laughs> into a movie. And that was like one of the wildest like Twitter things anybody's ever seen. And the way that they, uh, the way that they made this movie, I thought it really worked out. Um, the performances in the movie I thought were really strong. Cinematography was amazing. Same cinematographer from Power of the Dog. Cinematography's fire in that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so the cinematographer knows what they're doing. And, uh, yeah, that's going to round out my honorable mentions. There's so many more that I felt like I could have put on this that's list. Solid. There's many that I haven't seen, so who am I to say anything about them? But, yeah, that's what I got down on my honorable mentions. That's all. There were some good times that I had watching movies this year. The Mitchells and the Machines, I, I, do, I really do want to see that. Yeah, movie. check it out. I it's on Netflix. And if you haven't, if the audience hasn't seen it, check it out. It's on Netflix. The Mitchells. Okay. You want to go, bro? I'll go next. Right. Um, some of my honorable mentions, I think, are on your guys' list. Yes. So some of, I won't say too much about them. We're going to have overlap gonna, all over the You guys place. are going to break them down, obviously, more than I am, because they're going to be on your guys' top ten. But, um. The first one that I have to mention is Pig, and um, really love this movie when we first, I feel like uh, this was like a couple of weeks before the podcast, so I remember we talked about it. It was right after it. the Green Knight, it was in August. It was one of those movies that we all just watched after one one had recommended it to another person, then we all just watched it. Um, we all I cried love, separately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like every time I... Um, have truffles on anything now i think about a pig might have might have oh you fancy anytime i have truffles (laughs) exactly wow but pig really really love like movie that movie really love it um so the other honorable mention i have is licorice pizza i know gus is gonna probably break we had did a whole episode on it obviously already this movie is really good it there's not really much to say against it honestly it just happens to be on my honorable mentions that's how good your year is yeah right that there's so many movies that you feel pretty equally strong and, about it. And right? I think um, since it's my personal top 10, I think it ends up feeling like it's about what you said, how after you watch the movie, how did it resonate with you? 
And that's how I end up ranking them because did I'm you, like, what did is you get the your movie? Peter Tingle after watching the movie? You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like did this movie, like, oh my god, I can't believe, or like for days after, like I can't believe I saw that, or like this is still on my mind. So, but yeah, nothing against Licorice Pizza is a really, really good movie. Um, the next one I actually have is Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, so I went to go see this movie in L.A. two days ago, one day ago, um, on Wednesday. Yeah, so yesterday. Yeah, yesterday I went to go see it. Um, it was it was in um, Glendale. It was raining a lot, so, <laughs> so um, you went on an odyssey. I went, yeah, because I, I just figured I I wanted to round out the list honestly, and I had a feeling this movie would be on there. So I was just like, well, before we do this, I just kind of want to see if is this going to be the greatest one? Like, do I watch and this is going to be my number one? You know, and if it is. Do I have to like, oh, guys, we have to go watch this. But um, it was really packed for it being like a small theater and it's an AMC. Um, so movie's really, really good. This like set design is really well. Obviously, what we saw from the trailer, don't want to give out too much. But um, the movie is definitely just the play. Like yeah. you're watching a play like being recorded. And if you don't know much about like Macbeth beforehand, I feel like you could get lost. Because they, they're talking old English. They're, you know, using their that high type of language, old. And you can miss some stuff. So I feel like, um, sorry about that. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a movie that I think might actually do better if for people that, like, want to watch it. Be like, watch it at home. Because Interesting. Interesting. It's, it's something that you really, really, like, Denzel takes it to his, like, levels. Like, it's a re- I think it's one of his best performances ever that I've seen. And that's saying a lot considering he's been in a lot of good roles, but it's, it's definitely like acting to it to like opera. You know what I mean? Like this, this is like high end art. Like I want to see sure. so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so it's on my honorable mentions because it's one of those things. I'm like, I want to watch it again with subtitles on like for sure. Um, it's kind of like the first time you see the lighthouse, right? Yeah, you're like, like oh, I think fuck? I need to watch this with subtitles because <laughs> I don't speak pirate. Because, <laughs> you know, because of movie language from watching all these movies that we watch, you, under- you understand where a movie is going without, because we watch movies that aren't even talking English. So that's why it's like, okay, well, you get the idea. I've, I've read some of Macbeth, obviously, when I was younger. So I get the idea of where the story is going. So that's where you know, like, okay. But sometimes they're explaining stuff with such a that that language. They, they're like, I haven't been in school in a while. Like, I forgot what to <laughs> like, you know. So. Doth protest too much. Exactly. <laughs> so past that, I have the one movie that I think I, I probably have more to say on here is Judas and the Black Messiah. It's one of my other honorable mentions. That was earlier in the year when people thought the pandemic was over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about Fred Hampton. I, I really like this movie because of Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, yeah. I think he's a fine he's actor. Powerhouse. Yeah, like I, I think I'm excited for his new work that he's gonna do with um, Jordan, Jordan Peele. Peele. You know, I, I think he anything he's in, I'm willing to give it a chance because he's in. And like he Stanfield's in this too. I actually forgot that Jesse Plemons is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Chud, Jesse and so, Plemons. So I think I, I think that's why I had walked into. Um, Antlers was the first movie we saw with him, right? Like, well, we, like I guess I technically from the podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 for yeah. The podcast. Yeah, so I, that's why I kept thinking like, oh, I like Jesse Plemons. Like even that was the last movie that I had seen him in, and I was like, I like that movie. And then we saw Antlers. I was like, oh, shutting it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know we get Power of the Dog, and it's the same character again. Jesus. But Judas and the Black Messiah, another honorable mention for me, and the last one, I think. Both of you guys probably have this movie in your top 10 is Come On, Come On. 
Really love this movie. Again, nothing wrong with this movie. I think this movie hits home for people who don't have us like you know a strong family or anything we did the whole episode on it but yeah that's my honorable mention to round them out good list nice. good list nice okay my honorable mentions I'm well, hold on one second before you go the fact that some of these movies that Roe put on his honorable mentions are not in the top 10 I think it goes to show you just how strong this year is oh yeah because of the 10 that he does have he feels that strongly about mm-hmm. and the other ones he he likes them too exactly. <laughs> it's not like they're just there because they were okay yeah, like the, these these movies, like you said, you could do a top twenty on them, and I already have solidified the. F- these are my fifteen, you know, if like for sure. Like you could have added move. five more, honestly. Yeah, yeah, right? you, yeah. You could add five more for sure. All like right. I didn't ask Space Jam on here, you know. Oh man, that's so funny. All um, right, Nate. Uh, my honorable mentions. I kind of split them up in t- between, like, some, like, good, like, what I consider to be good film honorable mentions, and then what I thought were, like, fun films of the year, kind of, right? So I'll start with the good films list that I have. Um, first one is Lamb. Love that movie. Mm-hmm. We did that, like you said, did the episode on it. Um, basically, any of these good films that I have right here, they were all kind of competing for my last spot on the list. So I, I wouldn't say one's better than the other or not. Exactly. But Lamb, phenomenal. Movie is beautiful. I love the weird twist at the end. I thought it was so much fun. Um, so then I also have Judas and the Black Messiah on my honorable mentions. Um, and I wanted to bring up that was the last movie that I've seen with Jesse Plemons. I actually liked Because <laughs> <laughs> when I was looking at the cast, I was like, he was in that shit. But like you said, Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield, I mean, has easily become one of my favorite actors working nowadays. Easily. So great movie. Um, also have the French Dispatch on there. That's a, did a whole ooh, episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get the you're muted. That was that was one of the ones that I was like, see, I think that would be right. My next like sixteenth film would be the French Dispatch. So that was just a lot of fun for me. Um, just you know, Wes Anderson being Wes Anderson, a lot of fun. Um, and then I have the Last Duel, which like we were talking about, is, seems to be getting its time to shine. Or Day in Court. Uh, that was a great movie. Ridley Scott. Uh, it was a really good movie. Even though Ridley Scott said it's our fault that it bombed. I fucking love yeah. that. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you get any awards, you could thank us. Like, I saw yeah, that movie yeah. twice in theaters. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you give us the last tour. Uh, so that, yeah, that's my, uh, those are like my good films, kind of honorable mentions. My fun films of the year, I guess you would say, is I have F9 on there. That movie was so dumb, but Mute I is so, Mike. Mute I, is I, Mike. I these are fun films, all right? They're not good. That shit was so much fun. Welcome to the Grand Cinema Motel. I thought, yeah. I thought this, the new Suicide Squad. Su- suicide Squad. Oh, that, <laughs> suicide. The Suicide Squad movie. I thought that was I had a lot fun, of fun watching that movie, too. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's great in any remarks, but it was just a lot of fun. Um, and then I also have Godzilla vs. Kong. That movie was pretty kick-ass. And then I have the, the new Matrix movie and Malignant. Nice. <laughs> Malignant kind of teeters. Uh, honestly, Malignant could be in the good films. I mention, <laughs> <but> <laughs> Wait, you don't think Malignant's good? <laughs> I think Malignant's so much fun. I didn't put a preface of, around the movie. I just said I like it. <laughs> no, I love that The Matrix movie. was fun, too. Um, yeah, so, and then some movies I didn't get to see that I really did want to see was Macbeth. The Card Counter with Oscar Isaac. I forgot that, that movie looks really counter. good. Yeah. Um, Encanto, which I haven't seen yet, and then King Richard. So those are movies I wanted to see nice, but didn't nice. get the chance. Okay, I want to bring up some fun movies. All right, all right. If, bring if we're up, doing bring this, if we're doing this. Um, I'll just say it. I didn't have the worst time watching Shang-Chi. I had fun with Shang-Chi. I know one of our friends feels very strongly that it's the worst Marvel movie he's ever seen. I really don't feel that way. I, I don't know if it's just because... And this is another movie I almost saw and I just 
couldn't do it to myself was uh, the G.I. Joe, the rise of Snake oh, Eyes or yeah. whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, I that. that I remember looking at you guys watching previews for that movie and I'm like, I just want to see a Kung Fu movie so bad. I, think I, was, I was like, go watch it, man, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I got Shang-Chi and I thought it was really fun. I thought uh, Tony Leung, his, the guy who plays his father, I thought he was phenomenal in this movie, gave a really strong performance. Um, and I mean, I'm just going to leave it as simple as like, I like cool martial arts and that movie had some cool martial arts in it. It's fair. Right. And then another fun one. Yeah. The matrix resurrections. Fuck the fan base. That's what I got to say. (laughs) Matrix resurrections. Um, I'll leave it there. I'm a sucker for love. So I love the idea of Neo and Trinity being the one together. Works for me. Yeah. Um, another one, Spider-Man, no way home. Obviously that's a good time. It's fun. Um, my biggest problem with the movie though is not so much the fan service, but it's what the fan service does. It can't help but show you that all of the good Spider-Man stuff has already been done before. And that's why this Spider-Man has to fight everyone else's villains. I mean, in this Spider-Man series, the vulture is really more of Tony Stark's villain. Uh, Mysterio is hates Tony Stark. And then in the now with this new one, you get all of Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire's villains. It's just like, it's such a weird thing to me. And it seems like an indictment on Marvel of their inability to make really good villains that they have to go back and get all the old, pull all the old ones from. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was so much fun because I fucking love the original Spider-Man movies. And I don't know necessarily how I feel about the amazing Spider-Man movies. I, I liked the first one. I don't, I Honestly, can't say I really remember the second one, but I do know it's bad. Because I remember the blue Electro. Yeah, that's bad. I remember the horrible Dane DeHaan Green Goblin. Yuck. Yeah. yeah, I I didn't have a a good time with that one. But I thought Spider-Man No Way Home was a lot of fun. It's definitely not the best movie of the decade. (laughs) It definitely doesn't deserve best picture. Get that bullshit out of my face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's enjoyable. Yeah, it's an enjoyable time. And, uh... I mean, there's there's a ton more I could talk about, but I'll leave it with those there's ones. There's two more movies I wanted to bring up. One was the one fun one that I told you guys that I watched from Romania. It's a bad luck banging. I thought that was really fun watch. Comedy from another country. That was really interesting to watch. And the other one that I thought you would have on your honorable mentions, and I think we should just at least touch upon, and I, I don't think you've seen it, is, a, is Annette. Mm. Oh, Annette is on my list. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, like an, Annette... Is oh you're gonna talk about it so yeah, never mind. Um, another fun one I wanted to bring up and I think Nate said he we were talking about this off mic was Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, that, that one was fun too. Honestly. I had so much fun with that. I don't think that it. Okay, I'm not tired of superhero movies. I'm tired of Marvel movies looking almost identical, being so connected. Let's stop pretending that they're directed by anybody. A director comes in and gives their flavor, and then they Kevin Feige it, and mm-hmm. he gets to say whatever he wants. That's true. So. That's what I'm tired of because the Batman. Oh, I'm busting at the seams yeah, for yeah, the Batman, exactly. and it's it's just because DC is the other big dog making comic book movies. The Cat in the Bat trailer, bro. I'm so bro. Excited. Like, yeah, so <laughs> and I really liked Snyder's Justice League. I thought it was a huge pickup from the from the Josh Josh Sweden. Fuck him. Who cares what yeah, his name is? <laughs> <laughs> Look up allegations against him. You'll understand why I'm saying that. But. That guy totally ruined Zack Snyder's vision. And I understand that uh, some people don't like Man of Steel. I really do. Batman vs. Superman, I ain't going to hold you on that one. That is not a good movie. And it it is not saved by its extended cut either. But this Snyder's Justice League, 
beautiful. What, one of my favorite things is just seeing like how different edits really do just totally change the movie. Yeah. Because I didn't see Joss Whedon's, but Good. after, yeah, exactly. But after the Snyder Cut came out, I saw like a YouTube video that was like showing scenes like side by side of Joss Whedon's and Snyder's. And that got me to watch the movie. We're not talking about just a different edit. We're talking about recolor grading the it, movie. Well, that movie really re-editing was a whole the movie, movie altogether, changing the aspect ratio of the yeah. movie, adding in plot points that we didn't get in the original one, making Steppenwolf an actual fucking character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There was just so much that was better about this one. The Flash running backwards in time to that junkie XL score is like pure cinema so to cool. me. That's one of yeah. my fucking favorite scenes this year. Fucking love the the, yeah. jo- uh, the Zack Snyder Justice League. Watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I almost said that fool's name. <laughs> Army of the Dead. I do like that movie. Yeah, yeah, I like that one a lot. You know, hey, I know you two have a problem with Batista's reoccurring joke about what kind of diner he would open. Well, guess what? I got a problem with Jennifer Lawrence giving a shit about the bag of cheese that she had to pay for. Like, really? The world's coming? The world's ending? The comet's coming right at your face? You're like, why did he charge me for cheese? It's <laughs> so funny. Just, dude, I don't know. That just that shit in Army of the Dead just shows me like Zack Snyder really does struggle with dialogue. Yeah. He struggles so hard with, because he tries to get emotionally, you know what? I'm going to open a fucking grilled cheese truck. <laughs> and then 10 minutes like, you know what? Nah, it's not going to be grilled cheese. It's like, it's supposed to be this warm, heartfelt moment. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. But I had a lot of hey, zombie tiger. Case closed. Okay. Zombie tiger. Did your movie have a zombie tiger in it? I don't think so. Did, was, it, was did it have the alpha zombie in it? Yeah. Like, no, it didn't. Were the, 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 the were the zombies possibly alien cyborgs? Maybe. I, <laughs> I still can't get over the fact that movie got a prequel and a sequel though. Yeah, the Dediverse. State of the cinema. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is a bit much. I will say that. But it has me excited. Army of the Dead and Snyder's Justice League have me reinvigorated with his career because I used to be anti-Snyder, and now I've seen the light. My eyes are open. I would agree. It's yeah. a fun little turn for our honorable mention six there. But, <laughs> you know, there's that, I just think that goes to show what you're talking about. There's a lot of movies that were really good this year and a lot of movies we had fun watching. Yeah, man. Um, do we want to talk about some stinkers maybe? I did. Because I have a few stinkers. <laughs> I don't have any, but I'm, I'm I sure know you that. know them. Yeah, like, I mean, like Halloween. Yeah. We've talked Halloween about Halloween Kills openly. was the worst movie yeah. I've seen this year. I didn't see that movie, so I can't attest, but I did hear it when watching Dune. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Are you brave enough to say Space Jam 2 was one of the worst movies you've seen? I mean, yeah, LeBron's not an actor. <laughs> you, you know, know what really broke me with that movie film. was seeing the uh, Clockwork Orange guys cheering on LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's when I was like, what has happened? Yeah, At I least mean, Ready Player One made sense within the context of having all these characters. But we're in the Warner Brothers server-verse. What are the droogs no doing thing. here? <laughs> <laughs> There's no Molotov oh, cocktails man. here. It's so funny. All right, I think I'm ready to get into the top ten now. All right. After that. After that. He's like, I just, pa- hash those two I just gotta say Power of the Dog should not win Best Picture. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and neither should don't look up. Yeah. He's like he hi- he's hijacking the mic. Yeah, I think it's time we get into the top ten. All right. Well, is it am I yeah. starting this one? Okay. Yeah. So my ten my tenth favorite film of the year is what Alvaro had just brought up earlier, and it is Annette. I adore this movie. I love that it is unapologetically absurd, surreal, dramatic. 
I love the fact that almost every single line of dialogue is sung because I'm not someone who's a huge fan of musicals. So for it to almost parody the act of musicals itself, it just fucking, it, it has me dying throughout the whole movie. Um, Adam Driver playing a character named Hen- Henry McHenry just fucking gets me every single time. Uh, I love that Leos Carax just doesn't care. He, it's he, He's fully on board with how weird his movie is. Um, if you haven't seen Annette, it's on Prime Video, and I highly recommend it. I think it's probably tied between uh, Annette and The Last Duel for Adam Driver's best performance this year. We have not seen House of Gucci, but I'm going to guess that one's not as I good. I get a test. <laughs> hey, bro. That's a talophobia, bro. <laughs> it's a oh, yeah. House of Gucci. The gabagoo. Hey, it's a me. Also, Adam ba- Driver. Baby Annette. Super. Baby Annette. Yes. Um, I don't want to give away the twist about Baby Annette, but... Uh, this is like the weirdest adaptation of like a Pinocchio story I've ever seen. I described it to you guys one time. I was like, imagine if Pinocchio was about the guy who stole Pinocchio and oh, made him Geppetto? a slave. No, yeah. no, no, not oh. Geppetto. Uh, what's his name? Stromboli. Oh, Stromboli yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the Stromboli side of Pinocchio. <laughs> Jesus. So I had a lot of fun with that movie and I highly recommend it. It's definitely weird. So if maybe watch the trailer first, but I loved everything about Annette. So I need to see that movie. I did love that movie too. Um, my tenth is Nightmare Alley. This is two episodes before this, or is that the last one we did? No, we did it with Rocket. Two before. Mm-hmm. So obviously we did a podcast on it. I had a lot of fun with this movie just because it's a a noir, not a not a lot, not a type of film that we get very often. I've thought about how different color grading would make it interesting. The black and white. I really want to see it that way. Um, Guillermo del Toro's back. Obviously, after Shape of Water, I think he did. This is one of the films that we talked about earlier in the year where the directors just did what they thought was fun, like the, what they wanted to see in cinema, where they want to take it to places with, with with what they grew up with. I thought that Guillermo del Toro did a good job in his adaptation of this. I know that the original one is uh, like a cult classic. A lot of directors is like it's on their favorite films. I definitely want to go watch it now. This makes me want to go watch it. And I think that's probably the intent that Guillermo del Toro had with this movie. Nice, nice. I think we all can agree Nightmare Alley is a very good film. Well, for my 10th film, I also have Nightmare Alley. So I was kind of leave it at that. Um, movie was awesome. GDT's back. Um, had one of the best beat em up scenes that I've seen in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really shocked me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was a really cool movie. Nightmare Sadly, Alley's this shit. movie's bombing. Add, that, and part of the reason why is because Disney owns Fox now, and just like they did with the French Dispatch, just like they did with The Last Duel, and just like they're doing with Nightmare Alley, they're purposely tanking movies they bought. So which, weird. Not to get back into the state of cinema too much, but that really bugs me that Disney bought a studio just for a little tiny bit of X-Men IP and Fantastic Four IP, yeah. only so they could throw away... To drown everything else? Yes, just to drown everything else, just like they did with The Empty Man as well. Shout out 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Baby, they did that to The Empty Man as well. And The Empty Man is getting its day now that it's on HBO Max, but... I just am Fine. not a fan of Disney doing yeah. this to the movie. Why did you buy these movies? Then? Because, I mean, like, Nightmare Alley, like, the set pieces in that film, incredible. Bradley Cooper's maybe his best movie. That's I what I was going to say. I going to bring but. it up. And to open it against Spider-Man is a joke. Why would you do that to your own yeah. movie? I don't know. Because they're not interested in it. They don't care. And again, what you're talking about, it's like side-brushing 
this artist and director Guillermo del Toro, as if he hasn't <laughs> won, you know, you? just uh, like best mainstream. picture. One of those acclaimed directors were the guy know. who made Pacific Rim and Hellboy is too niche now for people to go see his he movies. His green light for his movies, or like his movies not be released to fail. <sighs> To do an homage to basically cinema too by doing that, yeah, 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 whatever. yeah. whatever Disney. But obviously, you, you guys Mickey know <laughs> we, <laughs> we love this movie. We did a whole episode on it, so yeah. And you know what's funny is I like a lot of Disney movies, of course, but the Disney executives fuck those guys. It's the way that they're handling things. Yeah, I would agree. All right, number nine. Number nine. My number nine is Lamb. I love this movie. Especially after the second time I had seen it. I remember when we did the second episode, I said I wasn't sure if I liked or loved this movie. And now I know. I love this movie. I watched it a second time, and I got to show my wife. We watched it on, like, the A24 screening room. Shout out them. They should do that for Macbeth, and they should do that for everything else people can't see because it's people are willing to watch these movies in any way. And I can attest to that because I watched Lamb on a freaking laptop the second <laughs> time I seen it. <laughs> but uh, and my wife really enjoyed the film, too. Super weird. Uh, I love the the message of the movie. Um, I thought the acting was phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say too much because we have an episode on it. There's no point in really repeating myself and taking up airtime talking about how much uh, I like this movie. Yeah, but Lamb's the shit. Lamb is the shit. Yeah. yeah, definitely cool. Lamb is really nice. All right, um, bro, you ready for your number nine? I have number nine. I have Red Rocket, which was the last episode before this on the recording Again, don't want to touch up too much on it. Red Rocket had everything right about it. Rooting for the piece of shit. Don't know why, but I think that's what, <laughs> I think that's what makes a really good movie. I think it has to do with the whole Christmas thing. Watching it on Christmas always hits a different way. Um, yeah, I think the thing I like the most out of this movie is how it looks. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's beautiful, beautiful yeah. movie. This needs to be nominated for some cinematography yeah, awards. I think so. For sure. I think for this sure. is like... Um, as as someone who has, or we've talked about goals of trying to make our own movie, you see something like this, you're like, I don't need that much money to make a movie. No. Because look how much it looks just with, with the film. And like, using actors who are not popular or fresh faces. Or I even actors. Sean Baker says that yeah. now that he's getting more popular, he does have access to some of these actors, but he's worried about them being too famous for his movies. Like, I kind of want to use fresh faces and... You know, do the whole Cassavetes thing of bringing people off the street who can act, and it's oh, just yeah. it's just perfect you know. for his movies. You know, yeah, what I mean? it definitely fits. So that's my nine. Um, at number nine, I have Pig. Um, nice, loved. I loved this movie. Like you said, guests, we all cried separately for this movie. <laughs> um, this was seriously one of Nick Cage's best roles ever. I think. Um, just absolutely incredible. Just such a. It's I better just, than National Treasure. Yeah, it is. No. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And I love that movie. <laughs> and number two, but uh, no, Nick Cage killed it. It was just such a. I don't know. It was such a touching story about you know trying like chasing something that's already gone almost, and just I don't know. It hit. It hit really hard. Movie was phenomenal. Uh, and that pig was so damn cute. What was the other movie you said you? I was like, don't watch these back to back because you might break. Oh. oh. It was pig and it was something else that fucked me up. Too. Right. And I was like, be <laughs> careful, be careful. Nate. I don't want you to go over the edge. Oh, uh, what was that? I can't remember. But yeah, if you remember, uh, just uh, bring yeah, it back up. I will. But this brings me to my number eight, which is pig. Nice. So I have it ranked one spot yeah. higher. There is going to be some overlap here, of course. 
Um, I thought this was a beautiful meditation piece on grief and loss. And I thought I loved that it was the anti John wick Mm -hmm. because that was like a, it almost seemed like a parody movie when you first hear about it. Right. It's like, Oh, Nicholas cage is this guy who lives in the woods and he steals pig and he's going to go get it back. And he goes to the city and he has, okay, this is going to be Nicholas cage schlock. Like we're used to getting right. No, no, it was not. It was easily one of his best performances of all time. And, um, I know me and Nate, and I'm not too sure about Roe, but that me and Nate are like cage heads. Like, no, this man is a revelation. <laughs> you yeah, know what I, I mean? So. Like, this guy is one of the most interesting actors to ever act. I think so. And I really do feel that way about him. Um, I will watch almost anything he's in. I know that they're, they're, I'm not going to say everything because some of them are just too bad. The director can't handle the power of Nick Cage. <laughs> but when he's in the right hands, like when he was in Mandy or like Pig or. Um, a movie that teeters the line for me, and I know you don't like it, is Prisoners of the Ghostland, mm-hmm. right? Or um, I know Roe likes this movie. Oh, was it this year? Because we could have brought it up um, in the honorable or the fun movies. Honorable mentions is uh, Willie's Wonderland, right? Oh, oh like yeah. that, yeah. In, in, what a weird. Movie. So he's in this stage now of his career where he's willing to like, cool oh, this character. is how you think about me. Let me show you something different. And he did that with Willie's Wonderland, and that's not a good movie, but he carries that movie on his back because what i'll even say about prisoners of the ghost land is he is my favorite part of that movie easy, easy. yeah like he carries that movie 100 that's why we so. like willie's wonderland yeah because the cage is in there i wouldn't watch that fucking movie if he wasn't in it no fucking interest in watching the movie but he just makes it so much fun the pinball machine like i could watch him play pinball for like an hour and drinking the grape soda yeah just power up dude crushed like 20 grape sodas in one night what did you say you like to think that's him after mandy yeah that's like that's why he has no nothing to say exactly exactly um, so <laughs> yeah, pig phenomenal film, phenomenal acting from Nick Cage. It's Michael Starnowski's first movie. Just, I would love crazy. to see this get nominated. Yeah. For a director to have such a strong, um, grip on what they want out of their movie for being a first timer. I think I'm really excited to see what you, this guy's going to do. You know future. what I want to see, which I don't think, cause I don't think the Oscars have the nuts to do it is nominate Nick Cage for best actor. Do it cowards. They're not going to do it. Do it cowards. cowards. Watch, watch that movie and tell me he does not deserve a nod. Like, come on. And if you are a Nicolas Cage detractor and you think he sucks, watch, watch this movie. movie and tell me otherwise. It was so good that we want a, a movie just on what he was like, who that character was. Oh, yeah. Show. I said, I, I, I'm not one of these people who thinks everything needs a prequel, sequel, spinoff show. Give me Feld, the movie about who is Robin. <laughs> yeah. Who is Chef Robin Feld? Exactly. Because everyone in the town... Or the city of, I think it's Seattle. They all know who he is. So it's just this interesting character study about this guy who is suffering with a lot of loss. That's the last I'm going to say about it. I really love Pig, and I think we'll probably do an episode on it in the future. Yeah, Pig Pig would have gotten this episode. If we had been doing the the podcast. All right, Um, that's my number eight, Pig. Okay, so I have Drive My Car. So um, Hamaguchi, my first film from him. It's about an actor who is dealing with some loss and, you know, he's, he's working on giving like a script and he's having all these people audition. He's a highly, highly new play or it's his new play. Yeah. It's good. Um, he's like this highly respected author. Um, what's really cool about this movie is he has this red sab and I think it's from in the nineties or something. Yeah. It's it's so cool, yeah. but like it, it's in the car. It's yeah, it, yeah. It, I would say it's the car of the year. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it, because it, I've read a lot about this movie. What people think, obviously, the critics are eating this movie up. This movie is probably going to be on one, like like top five for people. And this movie is really really good. Um, but 
it's it's about dealing about loss it's emotional like the the space the emotional space is shared in that red sab a lot of the movie takes place on him heading towards places um he gets this driver the driver has his own her own emotional things that she's dealing with and then he kind of becomes close with her and it's basically just that what would you call a slice of life type of like yeah, lifestyle slice of life movies yeah and it's so interesting to just get that aspect for someone that you know is dealing with it, it's it's a great movie to watch if you need help like a dealing peek with into loss. someone's life yeah, yeah and it's my first and maybe not my first but one of the ones that i can remember like japanese movies that i've seen we've watched a lot of korean movies um they have different like the way their culture is is very different you yeah, know obviously, obviously. <laughs> and yeah this this movie I know we're going to watch it, and we're probably going to do an episode on it, and I can't wait to do that episode. Comes banging. I really want to see that movie. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of people talk very highly of it, so be exciting to see. Um, all right. What is this? This is number eight. eight? All right. Come on, come on. Um, nice. What a movie. Uh, this was one that, I mean, I let out a tear in the, in the theater for this. this was Denzel <laughs> and Glory, the <laughs> one tear. It was just one fat tear, but um, no, this movie was really cool. I really appreciated Mike Mills' vision for this movie on how, I mean, how we all go through tough times and bonding and learning and growing up with the people around you, and it was just such a cool movie. It was beautiful. I, I, it's that's all I gotta say. I Watch, love this movie. Listen to our episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's so it was so good. Um, this is the epi- this episode of the on uh, Come On Come On was the one where. We kind of just talked about how it felt to watch that movie, and mm-hmm. I think that says a lot about what the movie's its intention is and what it did while watching it. Because it was really hard for me to keep it out of the top ten after. I was like, oh, damn. this There's, again, nothing wrong with that movie. Yeah, it's just personal taste, right? Mm-hmm. The other movies just hit you a little harder or might be more of what you would, like, look for in a movie, mm-hmm. you know? It was, but, just, it was nice to have some inspiration. You know, it was an inspirational movie. Yes. I liked it. Yes. Hopeful. So, Come On, Come On is my number seven. Oh, nice. <laughs> is this how it's going to go? Yeah, I don't know if it's going to go. It might go this way the rest of the way. I don't know. But um, Come On, Come On is number seven on my list. I mean, same thing. This is just a beautiful movie about a relationship we don't see too often portrayed in cinema, the uncle and nephew. <laughs> it's an uncle-nephew movie. We rarely get those, or as, as far as I can tell. In America, we don't get Since those Uncle that Buck. often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watch Uncle Buck. That's my favorite movie of 2021, Uncle Buck. Uncle Rico. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Rico is the anti-Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I really love this movie, and I, I, I went to see it again after we recorded the episode. I took my wife to go see it, and... Uh, I didn't cry the first time, but the second time it just shattered me. It it really broke me. I was in there. My mask was all wet from crying. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just think the way that the children were portrayed in this movie, even though they're real children, but the light that they put on kids, it's rarely something you see in cinema to have the kids like actually say how they feel and like, that they're important, you know what I mean? Like I like seeing, I like seeing like the kids being heard. Almost lead the themes being led by them. The kids of the movie. Exactly. Um, I won't go into it too much more, but I just thought this was a really beautiful, tender, warm, loving film. This is one that everybody And uh, I feel like we don't get that as often anymore. It's either going to be superhero or some kind of gritty, dark story you know what mm. i mean and i kind of miss having a a nice time at the theater and feeling better about life when i walk out of the movies yeah. because even the movies that are higher up on my list some of them they don't make me feel like that Yikes. but uh 
they make me feel that in in naughty ways. But yeah, but yeah, Titan and Benedetta, hot. But yeah, for come on, come on to just give me that nice movie that I've been looking for. It just felt really good. So thank you, Mike Mills. That's like a perfect way to say time. it for real. We're at seven. Yeah, that's seven. Okay, so talking about Benedetta, that's my number seven film. Um, wow. <laughs> we had a, like your we, wow. Uh, Benedetta was the first episode we decided to make midweek for a reason. Obviously, it's hot to say the least. Uh, we were had a, we were talking about Paul Verhoeven before in the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you guys can, can one of you confirm the movie though, so I don't get it wrong? That we're but it doesn't doesn't matter what movie they said. It's just it was James Cameron, right? Yeah, but. I, you want to make I sure it's the on the set of True Lies, Lies right? I can't even be sure about it because I haven't seen it. James, but I, uh, yeah. there's this funny little anecdote about James Cameron um, kind of just shooting strays at uh, Paul Verhoeven for no reason. Doesn't deserve it. Let's see. Does anybody have it yet? Oh, no. I'm Googling it. The truth. Okay, yes, it is True Lies, yeah. right? And yeah. on the set of True Lies, James Cameron and Arnold Schwarzenegger were getting into it, and James Cameron threatened to quit and have Paul Verhoeven direct this movie and said, is that what you want? I was just what the fuck? <laughs> it could have been awesome. <laughs> I thought that, yeah, that's what I want to say. Is that's why I wanted to bring it up is, hey, maybe it would have been Maybe, maybe it would have been, been better. Been hot. Yeah. Right? yeah, It would have been hotter. <laughs> so, Benedetta, obviously... Not going to win any awards this season. This the is cowards what, would never. Would, they would never. But oh my god, what's not to like about this movie? The way it's shot, also the scenes where the skies is like the meteor is crashing. Oh yeah, my the comet. god, the comet, the comet. The the sorry, the comet. Um, wow, uh, comets are really on the brain this year. <laughs> <laughs> just the the tensions but between. The characters. the characters in this movie, just everything about this movie. <laughs> so, we did the whole episode. I don't have to say much more, but. You know, that's my number seven, Benedetta. <laughs> All right. My number seven is PTA's Licorice Pizza. Um, it, it could have been higher on this list. It, it also could have been, not, I don't know. The, the, all these movies are so close for me, honestly. But Licorice Pizza was, it was just so refreshing to see PTA back. And just, it was just such a fun movie. Um, I took it as it was a very lighthearted, funny movie, just kind of, you know, these kids going all over the place. And it was shot absolutely beautifully and like just, I mean, we've talked about it. It's like a dream San Fernando Valley. Like, it was beautiful. So, Licorice Pizza I really liked. It was cool to go see that early. Licorice Pizza was a shit. I have one thought just based off of the episodes that we talked about and everything about this movie. Because he said he wrote it because the other stuff that he was he writing was, working was too on dark. heavier stuff, heavy dark and stuff. And think about how heavy that stuff is for him to have written this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't so wait. I mean, yeah, I, like, I cannot wait. It's like, what's so heavy? Let me make funny. something fun. Waking up in a cold sweat. I got rice up in hand. Comes out with fucking wet bottom. <laughs> wet bottom <laughs> Soggy jokes. Bottom. Soggy yeah. bottom jokes. Um, I I will hold my peace on licorice pizza because it's higher up on my list. So mm-hmm. I'll have more to say when I get there. But that would take me to my number six movie, which I'm pretty sure is higher on your guys' list. But like we said, at this point, these movies are all basically number one. They're all kind of tied for number one. Um, and that would be Denis Villeneuve's masterpiece, Dune. <laughs> Supposedly, I've seen on Twitter, and I hope it's not a joke, if you start the movie at a certain time, the throat singers will come on the screen and start singing at midnight. We're going to have to check Over New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is there to say about Dune that hasn't been said already? Um, 
Powerful powerful performances from the actors, Timothy Chalamet and Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Babe. <laughs> yep, <for laughs> yeah, real, Mega Babe, Oscar Isaac. Beard, though. Our king, Oscar Isaac. Love him in this movie. Um, my, my boy, Jason Momoa, right? <laughs> Thinking about yeah. that. Uh, my boy. <laughs> nobody's, doing it, nobody's doing it like Denis Villeneuve is right now. Um, on the on the scale of uh, big filmmakers, I think he's overtaking Christopher Nolan yeah. as like the top dog of making big, loud cinema. He just wants to keep getting bigger, too. It's yeah, crazy. exactly. I'm excited for his next project that is not Dune-related. Rendezvous, Ron, Rendezvous Rama? at Rama. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Not too sure. I've heard what it's about. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a big fan of it, but I'm really hyped to see it. I've read Might that have to book. Check out the book. It's going to be fucking good. What do you think? Should I just not see the movie or not see, not read the book and watch the movie when it comes out? Nah, nah. Honestly, maybe read the book. This might be a good one where you actually read the book before you go see it. If I wanted to read the book, I'd watch the movie. Well, then why'd you yeah, ask me? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, number six on my list is Dune. Nice. And that was the first episode we made right off the cuff because it was on HBO Max. Yeah, we were watching sitting it on, on HBO couch. Max, sitting yep. on the couch recording. Uh, I, Dune is probably something I would like to dive back into in the new year, um, talk about it in more detail, especially since I've had time for it to really wash over me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. Denis Villeneuve forever. <sighs> Give me more forever, Dune. Honestly. Yeah. Um, six, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have one of my favorite. Again, like you said, everything past this is like honestly their favorite films of they the year. They probably be tied. Yeah, like they, they. I think each one of these past this is in my new top, or like top ton, top two hundred films that I like that I've watched in my whole life. Um, Spencer, uh, Pablo Lorraine. Haven't seen anything else, but wow, this made me want to watch all the other work that he has. <sighs> I this movie definitely looks the best out of any of the movies that we saw this year. In terms of maybe there was CGI, I don't think there was any CGI, but I couldn't imagine it was why. it was believable that this was just shot like this was Princess Diana. Um, I really like the twist that it took and the story. I, I yeah, we had the whole episode on it, obviously, so not much more to say. But this this movie, I think we'll we'll get her. I know I get her the nomination. I hope she wins because of this movie. I've seen she's been nominated by like diff- 17 different critics. It's crazy. Film associations or film bodies, and that's the most out of any actress who's been nominated this year. This is the most I've cared about, like, British hierarchy ever. So, Hold that thought. I might, You might feel differently once we talk about another movie. Okay. Anyways, okay. go ahead. But the other reason is I know you guys probably have this film up higher, too. You guys will touch up where I'm obviously lacking in describing it, but it's lovely. Well, speaking of Spencer, I also have Spencer at my number six. Um, yeah, dude, this movie was, it was so cool. Um, I honestly think that she does deserve the Best Actress, award, like, to win it. Um, I don't think anybody really comes closer this year. It This movie really surprised me about what it was. Like, I really thought it was going to be more of a biopic, like a biopic, but um, it wasn't. It was more True. of, like, a, a view to Princess Diana, like, from the inside out almost. And I thought that was a really good movie. It was really cool. Um, super fucking stylistic. Yes. Um, the clothing in that movie was phenomenal. The wardrobe was awesome. And yeah, I think that... Her badass Porsche. Yeah. Oh, my, so cool. The colors. That's why I like mm-hmm. the yellow dress, the red car. But, no, it's green. It's dark green Porsche. Oh, dang. 
Okay. You're thinking about the Saab. Yeah. <laughs> Drive time. My car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that red but, Saab. But uh, no, this movie was phenomenal. I really like this. Uh, like you said, it, it's the most that I've ever cared about, you know, British, British IRP ever. So <laughs> Spencer okay. was awesome. That takes me to my number five, which is Benedetta. Nice. Nice. Right? Um, we already talked about it a little bit. We obviously have the episode on it. Um, what I will say about Benedetta is that I think Virginia or Virginia Afira seriously needs to be considered in these awards races. I thought she gave a phenomenal performance. One of the things that really got me is that she's in her forties, I believe, and she's playing a 25 year old. Like I couldn't believe that. Like wow. she looks so much younger than what her age. Fuck? Not that it matters or anything, but it really caught me off guard. Um, Paul Verhoeven just not giving a fuck, making yeah, whatever he dude. wants. We need more uh, old pervy directors. I mean, uh, I don't actually mean that, but <laughs> I just think it's funny that an 80 year old man made the sexiest movie of the year. For sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Without a doubt, in my opinion. Yeah, don't have much more <laughs> to say. It's on Prime Video now to rent. If you're interested in seeing a super hot movie about Jesus slicing up serpents, go see Benedetta. Awesome. <laughs> then I will awesome. move on from Benedetta. <laughs> Before I get myself in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, what, do, what do they say in court? Like, I uh, I give I up the rest the, of my I time. The <laughs> no, no, no. I give up the rest of my time. Oh, yeah, go yeah. ahead. You can have it. I don't need it. I don't need it. Oh, man. Five. Uh, wow. Okay, so I have Memoria at number five. This was my first. I'm not even really going to try to say his first name. but I, I, His whole name, Apichapong Wirasethakul. Supposedly, you say it just how it looks. Yeah, so. he likes going as Joe. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <Okay. laughs> that works for me. I cool. can appreciate it, you know. Uh, so this is my first film by him. Apparently, his films are very, very, very slow, and this one apparently is like a highway for him. Okay. So I really like his style. I think the payoff in this movie—it's a very slow movie about this Scottish farmer. She's visiting his her sister in Colombia. And I think that's why I really like this movie. We have the Eng- her English dynamic talking to them, those that can understand. But Tilda Swinton starts talking Spanish in a majority of this movie, and I just think that impresses me so much with her On acting. An acting level. Yeah, like it because it, it doesn't sound butchered. She's a stud. Yeah, she. Wow, like every time she's also an actress that every time I see her, like she's in something, I've like it piques my attention. Be like, I need to at least read what this is about. But this movie, you think. It's about something. It's not about that. It takes ends up taking its turns. It reminds you a lot about In the Earth. This movie should win. Like, if it got nominated for stuff, I think it should win stuff in the sound category. It is a movie about tripping out auditorily. And I think that's a crazy thing to go for. Talking about the state of cinema, it's not available for us to watch. Um, You were lucky to get access to a screening, but not all of us are that lucky. And... The way that they're going about distributing this movie, to me, is a joke. And it sucks that they're doing it like this, which is it's never going to be on Blu-ray. It's never going to be available to stream. They're going to take it city to city, showing people who want to see it. Yeah. And, okay, well, what if it never comes to my city? Fuck me, then. Yeah. I don't get to watch your movie. It's a bummer. That is not, I don't know how that's a way to get more people to see your movie. Or uh, that's cool that you have this weird little like societal... Uh, like experiment that you want to do about like people seeing your movie, but for the people who are really willing to support this, you're making it hard for them to see. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, I think it's a very pretentious way to release. Yeah. A movie. Yeah. That's what I was very art. That's where the artsy fartsy stuff comes in. And I guess I'll go see Spider-Man again. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, neon's distributing it too. So, but Joe, 
that's the way that he wants to show it. Whether that's cool, the way he likes it, but it's a good I, way for a hundred thousand people to see it only. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, and that, that's what's weird is I think at one point those directors, because he's from Thailand, it, it starts to become um, they just do it to be kind of like artsy. This this film, I made this film, and if you're lucky, you'll see it. And what if you don't even like it? Is the funny part like people who do see it don't like? I could see people hating it because it's very slow. Like it definitely. You know, it, like it could drag for some people, but I can't wait to be able to watch this with you guys. I'm very excited because I know we'll make us do an episode on it because it's it's very good. Okay, nice. all right. My number five, I have uh, Sean Baker's Red Rocket. Um, obviously, we just did the last episode on this. Um, we've kind of already talked about it, but the cinematography was off the chain. I'm a big fan of Sean Baker and his ability to show you some real shit, like talk about some things that maybe people don't really want to talk about or acknowledge. So, um, yeah, this movie kind of reminded me a lot with the colors of, uh, reminded me of Paris, Texas in a way. Um, but yeah, I thought this is awesome. Simon Rex killed it. Big fan thought, of Nito, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dirt, dirt nasty. <laughs> Simon Rex formerly known as Dirt Nasty. Um, but yeah, he did a really good job and I thought Susanna Sun did a really good job as well in the direction of this movie, I think is what really killed it. So, great movie i think i like that you brought up that the bye 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 wasn't supposed to be such an integral part yeah to i thought that was cool is apparently in the original screenplay that bye 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 was not incorporated in it and Susanna's son who was the piano teacher decided to use it and it now it's stuck in all our fucking heads yep. we can't get it out so i love it now red rocket was cool uh, i'm not gonna add too much to the red rocket talk but what i will say that i've seen in an interview since watching the movie and i didn't get to mention this in the podcast is that uh Sean Baker met Susanna's son, I think, at the Arclight. Like, after a screening one day, they were just kind of out there and then started talking, and then he found out who she was, and he just said that she was kind of always in his mind of, like, someone that, that would be good to put into a movie, and then when there it was time go. to make Red Rocket, he thought of her, and she was down. Right on. Yeah, I thought that was cool. That's talking cool. about the state of cinema, too, with brought up Red Rocket again, I saw that, like, Sean Baker's, like, super, super happy to anybody to go see his film. He's talking about, like, even in his post, like, how... There's the rollout for all the theaters that have it. The theater that we go to in Orange is on there, you know, and he's just talking about every view counts to him. Like, he loves that anybody will go watch his movies. And I think he's, I'm very interested in where his career is going to go. Probably even dirtier and nastier that's what I'm, and I'm, more I'm, underbelly. You know what I mean? That's what I'm more wondering to see. Is he going to go, yeah, is he going to keep going down or is he going to go, like, he does say do big budget he, or something? He did say that that's where he, tend like, intends to stay. Good. On the lower end. I like it. Fresh faces. Um, he said he's worried some actors are too famous for him because he doesn't want to really work with people who are known for their face more than their acting ability. Makes sense. <laughs> I guess that's not a shot. but <laughs> I do want to see that, though. I want him to at least later try, maybe keep doing this for a couple of years, but I do want to see him try something big, obviously. Give him Batman. No. <laughs> oh, I wasn't, that broke my brain. I didn't even know how to react other than no. That's not what I want to see. That's so funny. I don't. I do not like that. <laughs> he does a new Spider Man. Yeah, exactly. Spider Man's homeless and has to figure out. Give him Morbius. <laughs> you know they talk about making the Spider Man movie again about the guy like, where's my rent? Like yeah. that'd be the Sean Baker Spider Man, right? Yeah. Oh man. oh, man. All right, so we were at number five, right? Mm-hmm. Now we're on four. Okay, now we're at number four. So my number four is Spencer. Nice. Yes. Um, this movie is just one that really stuck with me throughout the whole year. Uh, absolutely love it. Pablo Lorraine. 
great direction. Christian Stewart, amazing acting, cinematography, beautiful. I was making a joke to you guys off off the mic that uh, this was had the most effective horror thriller elements out mm-hmm. of any movie I've seen this year. So even the ones that were meant to be scary. Um, Agreed. Yeah. So that's my take on Spencer. Spencer Forever. I hope it wins multiple awards. Um, I could see it pulling a lot of awards because of how Kristen Stewart's been nominated, but also because uh, Jackie was a big awards player back when he made that movie. So they're aware of him, and Kristen Stewart's getting a lot of buzz for this performance. And from what we can tell from our listeners is they enjoyed this movie as well. Seems like it. Yeah. So I I haven't really seen too many people have too many bad things to say about this movie. And for me, it's my top five. Besides, really, really love this movie. Besides the shit poster on the YouTube one. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, Queen, what's her, the Queen Elizabeth Burner account got onto our pod. <laughs> it was spewing hate on Diana. Walked into the movie, thought it was really boring. <laughs> I didn't like her attitude. And then they, they said that when they Walk watched it on YouTube. Yeah. They watched the whole thing on YouTube. It was better. It was better. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, Right, right. Probably watch like a documentary. If you're listening to this viewer, I challenge you to debate us about this movie. <laughs> the Queen Elizabeth Burner account. So funny. All right, so number four row. Okay. So I have the Green Knight. Green Knight, I know, means a lot to us uh, at four, which is like really hard. Um, this is a movie uh, that David Lowry had me after watching Ghost Story. That was his last movie before this. Not Peace right? Dragon? <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. out of my mind. <laughs> um, so I really like his style. This is a movie that I watched four times. And every single time I watched after it, I was like, I really like this movie. And I don't know how much love is going to get in award season. None. I don't think none. But this movie is one of those that holds a special place. I know to all, all three of us. This was like almost the idea to start the podcast came from how much we all like. It was like an initiation. It was like the test, like the red pill, blue pill. Like it was like, the oh, you want to make a, you want to make it, you want to make a podcast? Yes. What do you think about the Green Knight? I mean, like, oh, whatever you, you have considering on it, be like, okay, I think we can make a podcast since we all like the Green Knight. The Green Knight is a movie that brought me and Nate together. It's a litmus. I test. didn't know Nate before the Green Knight. Exactly. And the first time I hung out with them, we went to go see the Green Knight. All of us. I was like, this guy's down. The table we sit on and the chairs that we sit on, Gus got because it gave Green Knight vibes. Yeah. yeah. They're literally green. So. <laughs> yeah. You green, know. my favorite color. <laughs> so the, the Green Knight obviously holds a special place at the Grand Cinema Hotel. But more about the film. Brian, what is it? Uh, in it Ralph Innocent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has Ralph Innocent in it as a Green Knight, which I like his voice a lot. So, and I think obviously him and all that makeup and stuff and the way he carries himself makes the Green Knight, like, out of a lot of the horror films that we watched this year, his laugh as he's storming off out of the castle oh, is still so one of, like, the, oh, my God. It's so it, maniacal. Like, like, you know that, you know that he's made from the witches, you know? And so, obviously, I cannot wait to make this episode. We've been nervous to even try to approach this episode. I don't episode. want to do this episode. How do we, yeah, we don't want to flub it. So. Yeah. Because this this movie means so much to us, and we have so much to say I on it. I guarantee you this would be the longest episode we do, The Green Knight. And I'm bringing it up at four, which is probably, I'm the first one that's bringing it up. They're You're probably going to talk about it more. Yeah, you, you two are going to definitely talk about it more. So that was my number four. Right on. Um, that takes me to my number four, which is Benedetta. <laughs> um, you guys have kind of already crushed it. Uh, Paul Verhoeven. 
everybody in that movie, it was shot beautifully. I thought it was very interesting as a story. The fact that it was based on some shit that happened way back in the day, I thought was really cool. Um, and also just the fact that this movie really did come out of nowhere for us. It was like all we did, knew nothing about it. And then like a week and a half before it hit the theaters, we saw a trailer for it. We were like, what the fuck is that? Went and saw it and we fell in love with it. So I think that's really cool. I feel like that doesn't happen super often where something just kind of sweeps our legs, you know, like that. Um, but yeah, Benedetto is awesome. If you like weird shit, go see that movie. <laughs> Benedetta is really cool. The you one champion, the weird watch Benedetta. Mm-hmm. The one last thing I'd had to say on Benedetta is it worked out that we saw licorice pizza early cause we didn't watch. Don't look up. Right. And then Benedetta squeezed in too. Yeah. And those two movies are better. Like it, it worked out that we saw those movies because we definitely like love definitely those more of our taste. It was yeah. almost like Jesus kind of put it in our lap. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Watch this, my children. <laughs> I've been looking into Catholicism. <laughs> I might revert back to Catholicism yeah. after the den- after Benedetta. Probably yeah. not though. <laughs> priest really gave Catholicism a bad image. Oh my God. <laughs> he brought the plague in. Oh, yeah, for real. So Benedetta, so that's my banger. Number four. Yeah. Okay. Great film. So we're at three. We're at three, three now. Top three. Oh, man. Right. Here we go. And I have number three, the Garish Pizza. The, have you seen the tweet? I, I think Ro has seen it, but uh, someone had tweeted, it's like, James Stewart voice, a licorice pizza. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I can hear it so well. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's hilarious. Whoever you are on Twitter... That was. Whole, I think that, that was, was so something we've talked about before a little, like the James Stewart, just how an actor like that solidified. Just there isn't many actors like that anymore. But you just say that one thing, and I could hear him saying, <laughs> "You know exactly." And I butchered the uh, impersonation, but we a all know James Stewart's pizza. a licorice pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Speaking of James Stewart, I'm like having a. It's like I have a crush on a guy who's been dead forever. Like, <laughs> uh, I recently watched Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and a couple weeks ago I watched It's a Wonderful Life because it's Christmas. They really don't make them like that anymore. Not to take shots at the acting community as a whole, but they're definitely not as good as they used to be. Yes, Sorry to say it. But my number three is Licorice Pizza. Getting, getting off track here. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, Licorice Pizza has two non-actors acting in it, which I thought was a big, bald move from Paul Thomas really? Anderson. It's like a family connection. He's known both of these people for multiple years now. Um, not going to really add to too much of what we already said in the pod, but it gave me the tingle feeling walking out of the cinema. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I just knew I had seen something that was special to me. Um, there's maybe one or two things in this movie that don't work. I'm going to say like the the accent. I'm sure people know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, it's it's lack of plot, I guess, is for me is not personally something that bugged me, but me neither. I guess I could see where people are coming from, but I really, really like this movie and I hope it gets the love it deserves. And it also kinda like come on, come on. I mean, depending on how you feel about the subject matter, if you're taking a, a hard stance on it one way or the other, but this was like a lighthearted, fun movie and it was a good time at the movies and I didn't feel crushed when I walked out, you know, and I've been appreciating that lately because just so many movies are like that. And for Paul Thomas Anderson to become like, to really take that like family man turn of like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be such an edge Lord anymore. I really appreciated that. And I think we need a little more of that in movies nowadays. Everyone's so edgy. Yeah, exactly. But no, Licorice Pizza was awesome. Yeah. So that's my number three, Licorice Pizza. Yeah. 
damn. So number three, <clears throat> I have Dune. Oh, Was it all that throat oh, singing oh, that made you clear your? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I have Dune. Uh, Denis Villeneuve holds a special place in my heart, obviously. So this movie, we talked about it on the podcast. Just a little recap. Me and you talked about it a year ago. We're probably two years ago now, actually, it's when it first COVID. got announced. Yeah. Um, I think you hit in this movie. I think what I was telling Gus and Nate earlier was that a lot of people get the budget for stuff and they don't. Looks like shit. It looks like shit. Um, these directors that are acclaimed sometimes get the money and they still just really focus on the story. And then it just seems like they kind of just, oh, yeah, let's use this money on the effects or let, let me lend it off. But it seemed to Denis Villeneuve knew that is still everything was revolving around him. And he did really did make me feel like we were in an off planet in the future. Like a documentary of a future planet. Exactly. You're reading one of Paul's books. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think um, the, the subject, I think it comes from knowing the subject matter is so hard to tackle. I mean, even as much as I like this movie, the books are still, you know, just so much more fits in there so much more than like in your brain. There's no limitations. And I think this film does a very good job of making it as realistic I'll as possible. I'll say that he didn't, he's so good that he, it didn't seem like it was that hard to finally do, right? Mm, right. It just seems like this falls in line with what I would expect from Denis Villeneuve and that's being awesome and amazing. <laughs> I think this would, you talked about, it would be the big Chad move to win best picture. It won't though. It won't. But it should. But it, I think Probably this, should. this like is the perfect mixture of both, you know, like where you do have that big salary or that big like budget and he delivers and we, we we talked about this movie we'll probably talk about it more in the future guess had already highlighted the my boy and stuff like that so but yeah this is my number three i got plenty more to say about dune especially since this is a franchise that we're going to be getting more of i'm sure we'll cover two i'm sure we'll cover the third one and in between do more episodes that would we would consider like deep dives on them. Even do a Jodorowsky's Dune. Yes. David Lynch's Dune. Oh, <laughs> so I mean, Dune, yeah. Dune does hold like a, now that there's a movie for me to like, I've seen Dune, you know, holds a special place in my heart. It's my Star Wars, as people would say. The, my original Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, I re- I, I feel that way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do too. It's, it's, it's peak cinema, honestly. It's, it's why people go to the movies is to see things like that. For real. Yeah, for That's sure. what's worth seeing in Dolby Digital and IMAX, yeah. stuff like that. Definitely. So that takes me to the same planet that we're on right now, Arrakis, because my number three is also <laughs> Dune. <laughs> yeah. um, dude, I mean, like you said, it, it was Dune. And I just think that it's super cool to have a director like Denis Villeneuve who can handle these extremely large sci-fi movies. Like, there's not a director now that I think can do that. He's the sci-fi king. He is the sci-fi king of our generation, and I think that's fucking awesome. And it's high art. It's not just schlock. Exactly. It's not like some sci-fi channel shit that they push out. You know, it's not Battlestar Galactica. Like it's Dune and it's Arrival, and now he's gonna do Rendezvous at Rama. Like the dude who wrote that book is a dude that wrote 2001. Like he's really hitting all the classic science fiction. So I just think that it's awesome. Um, yeah, Dune was fucking sick, and I cannot wait for We give it a gold star. Yeah, like, dude, like a gold star gold movie. Stars, we like, all feel special about that. Dune movie. was awesome. And to be able to go see that in theaters, like, weekend that it came out, it was just really cool. It's like when we joke about, and I really do hope this happens, that's why I'm putting it on air, like, Robert Eggers do Van Helsing. But, like, when, <laughs> like, yeah. like when you do, when you say something like, oh, I hope 
Denis Villeneuve does Dune like a couple of years back, and then it happens and it works out exactly how you like. This is why I wanted him to have it, and that's what this is: is that you finally give a director the big project, and they deliver. So, and to know that he's going to keep on that train is it gets me super excited. So, <laughs> like I said, just peak cinema because it's like it really is, dude. The mm-hmm. bagpipes blaring with the ships crashing and Josh Brolin running with the dudes like a tear in my eye every time I watch it. I think the third or fourth time I watched Dune, like it, I made me cry. I was like, this is so beautiful. Like I can't believe I'm watching this. Right I now. always just think about the opening scene with Zendaya like describing Arrakis and what's happening on it and just all those different shots that look like concept art. And ev- so every actor has a moment to shine in this mm-hmm. movie, which is something I I really personally love about the movie. Perfect direction. Yeah. I mean, Dune, Dune, Dune. Give me yeah, more yeah, worm. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> give me a half gram of that Shai Halud. <laughs> and the memes. The memes. The discourse. The memes. I remember it. Like, yeah. The we were a united timeline <laughs> for Dune. Yeah. For the worm. The yeah. masses united for Shai Halud. Yes. We all worshipped. I, I'm old enough to remember when we liked Dune and we didn't have Don't Look Up yet. You know what I want to say, though? Because you were talking about the budget, right? Is that Don't Look Up had a $75 million budget, which I know is less. But that would look like shit. That's what they're after, my boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they spent 10000 on Timothy Chalamet's wig, 10000 on getting or 100000 on getting Ariana Grande. I mean, I'm making these numbers up, but... That movie looked like fucking shit. And there's a scene in that movie, spoiler alert, where they're in space. <laughs> spoiler alert. Shit looks like Speed Racer, yeah, bro. Be like, yeah, and I love Speed that, Racer. Yeah. But and I, loved, all- I, I can accept that Speed Racer looked like that because it was 2008, they not be, 2021. They spent five fucking million on Ariana Grande concert. I will, say, like, I will say that part when they're in space reminded me of when the big boy is in space in Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> that's about as good as it looks yeah. and it's 21 years later that's what I mean the, the budget is not Austin Powers <laughs> <laughs> the budget and Dune was being used like when Stanley Kubrick got the budget for 2001 like Definitely. invent some shit yeah exactly do something exactly I mean this is a kind of not not to compare them quality wise because I don't want to get killed for this but it's like James Cameron like where his levels of making movies right. like honestly there's very few directors who get to do this with not going to say Dune's original content or anything, but getting to take a chance on something that we were not for sure about. Because the dude, yeah, the fool took a risk. He like, did. We didn't even Could know if we his entire two. career. Mm-hmm. People thought it was cursed. Yeah. And yeah. He, he was already on thin ice after Blade Runner 2049, mm-hmm. of maybe getting kicked back into making indie movies mm-hmm. or small budget movies. You're going back to A24, it's buddy. crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Go make another Prisoners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this will take me to my number two. All right. Right? Because Dune was your three? Dune was three. Okay, Dune was your three. So my number two is Titan. Oh, yeah. Our debut episode, what a time. Jesus. I felt so good walking out of the theater. And this is what I mean about, like, in a naughty way. You know what I mean? Like, this was not the kind of movie that makes you smile. Like, oh, that was nice. No, 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 no. This movie makes you feel like shit. <laughs> I just had the best time watching this. Uh, 15, 20 minutes in, I just remember looking at you guys like, what the fuck? And like, mm-hmm. that's really how I felt about this movie. The more time that passes, I just love it more and more. Um, I won't go into too much detail because we've already done a two-hour episode on the joint. But I fucking love Teton. Yeah. And it's a shame that movies like that don't really get recognized. They will on an international level. I mean, she won the Palme d'Or for it. But uh, now people are saying, like, were they trolling giving it to Teton? Like, were they just trying to be different? But uh, 
you know, if Julia Ducournau wanted to get nominated for an Oscar, she wouldn't have made Teton. She would have made something else. Exactly. So that at least gives me some some hope, you know, that she just probably doesn't give a shit about this or she wouldn't have made something like Teton. She's doing what she wants to do. Yeah, and what I cannot wait to see what she does next. For real. Oh, God, it'd be crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Strap in, buddy. Yeah. We're going full tilt. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. Teton is my number two. You introduced it. My number two is Titan too. Um, I think ever since you first sent us the trailer on it, um, we're already standing neon at that point. So I was like, oh, neon's got this. <clears throat> um, it just delivered in such a way that I didn't think a movie like this would get made. The unexpected. Just, right? oh my God. Just, you can, you cannot, you don't know where this movie's going. No, 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 no. And I think. That's what's going to be fun about this movie. Another movie that holds a gold star, everyone that we talk about past the uh, Dune. Um, that every time you show it to somebody, it's just going to hold some new weight. Like, it's the kind of movie you show somebody and you just watch them the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not even watching the movie. I just want to see how you react to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like weird stuff? Like, let's see. We'll okay. See. Let's see how weird you want to get. Ka-chow. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, man, what's, like you said, two-hour episode on it, Titan. I still have more to say about that movie. I know. Yeah. And i still only seen it one time because it's so special to me that I I want to wait until it feels like I'm going to watch it for the first time again. Because I just know, <sighs> I know what a good time I had, and I'm scared of losing that feeling. So I, I've been a little nervous to watch it again, maybe with some fresher eyes. And, uh, yeah, man, Titan is number two for both of us. Titan's a shit. Yeah, um, fuck yeah. All right, my number two, The Green Knight. Um, it was very hard for me to pick between my number one and number two. So I honestly just kind of, in my own head, I consider them number one, part one, and number one, part two. One A, one B. Exactly. But no, The Green Knight was, that was a movie that I had been waiting for. I know we all have been waiting for it for a long time. Um, just to get, you know, I mean, just to be in that world, to get immersed in the world that David Lowry kind of created for that movie was, it was so, so, so immersive. And I just really, the whole, the whole idea of the movie I loved, like, just almost, like, I'm going to put it very bluntly, but sacking up and facing your own problems and understanding that you have to create the world that you want to live in and, you know, only you can do that. Mm -hmm. That's all I really get into it, but The Green Knight was incredible, so... I think one of the uh, points we had talked about before was that we all didn't get the movie we thought we were getting either, and we still love it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So we all did our number two. Mm -hmm. right? Okay, yeah. this brings me to my number one, which is The Green Knight. Bam, bam, bam. This, to me, is my shit. Like, this is exactly what I like about movies and what I want to see out of movies. You got the fantasy aspect, which I'm a big fan of. I've always liked fantasy stuff. Um, Dev Patel, no one has ever looked better on screen. I know. I, he's so sexy in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I just watched it right before we started recording because I have it on DVD. Sorry, I have it on Blu-ray. But uh, I've seen this movie maybe seven or eight times now. I saw it four times while it was in the in the theater. I saw it three times, and then I watched it when they did the screening yeah. room of it. Every time I watch this movie, I'm reminded of why I think it's a perfect movie. The cinematography, the acting, the direction, the scale of it, um, the story itself, and, like, the message of in the movie of, like, yeah, facing up and taking control of your own life and, like, creating your story. 
I just fucking love this movie. I don't have enough good. I have more than I have too many good things to say about this movie. That's how I'll put I it. have nothing bad to say about this. Yeah, I, this movie just does it for me, and I can't wait to talk about this movie. This movie is the reason we have the podcast in the first place. We had thought about the Green Knight being our first podcast, but we didn't feel ready. And honestly, it's it's like my white whale, where I don't know if I ever want to do it because I love it that much. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to put it out there on the internet and then feel like I didn't say everything I wanted to say. Yep. It will easily be our longest episode, I'm guessing, to date when we do when we do it. That'll be like almost a scene by scene breakdown by that point. Because I, I love just, every image. And I know you guys said that you think like Red Rocket and uh, Spencer are like some of the most beautiful movies of the year. But to me, it's it's the Green Knight. Like the sequence of there's two sequences in this movie that really stick out to me and they're the best there's, I think, the best scenes this year in movies. And it would be King Arthur's monologue on Christmas Day. Well, uh, the witch, her name is uh, Morgan Le Fay, right? When Morgan Le Fay is casting her ritual to summon the Green Knight and King Arthur's giving his Christmas monologue and they're cut within each other, it's just pure Incredible. fucking cinema. Like, it's everything I like about movies. If you want to know what I like, play that scene. And then the second one would be uh, Dev Patel when he's having the the future vision of what his life is going to be like if he doesn't step up and so incredible and do what he's supposed to do. And that also is just like, Oh, this is, this is what I think that's kind of what people wanted the movie to be. But for me, that sequence just really ties the whole thing together. I, I think my little part like that really resonated with me of the green Knight was towards the end of the movie and he meets green Knight again. And he says, uh, he's almost disappointed when he meets him and he's like, is this all that there is? And then the Green Knight responds, he's like, what What else ought there to be? Yeah. And it's just like, I don't it know. It kills me every time. Yeah, because, like, ah. I mean, especially, like, you know, when you're youthful and you, you have all these hopes and, like, aspirations and think the world is maybe different than it is, and it kind of hits you, and you reflect, and you're like, wait, what? This is all that there is? And it's like, well, yeah, this is life. You have to make it what it is. Like, oh, my God. Like, that would be so good. Yeah, I love I love the weirdness of it. I love the epicness of it. I love the journey. I There's nothing about this movie I don't like. It's easily... This movie is not only my favorite movie of this year, it is easily one of my favorite movies of all time. I would mm -hmm. say that too. It's it's just everything yeah, I want. There's everything about I it. fucking love it. Like not to sound too um hyperbolic here, but like this is my Lord of the Rings. This is my Game of Thrones or whatever. You know, I I love those things too, but for me the Green Knight is the exact kind of fantasy movie I I want to see. And David Lowry delivered he delivered so good that I'm going to go watch his fucking Peter Pan movie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because I think oh, he's going to kill that shit. I think so Because too. I think it just fits within his realm of weird that he likes. And, uh, yeah, I'll stop blabbering about the Green Knight. Episode coming one day. Yeah. Um, don't know when, but it's coming one day. I just always remember when he had taken notes for it. And we thought it was going to be our debut episode. On, on your notes, it just said Green Lightning. You know, oh, and yeah. like just like highlighted and as just that scene, you know. Alone. I still think about that shit. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, I mean, what is not enough can be said. We will talk about it thoroughly one day. The Green Knight. I feel like all of these movies, um, the ones that we haven't done episodes on, we're probably gonna do episodes. Probably, yeah. Especially more than start slowing down, but ninety nine percent. What's your number one, bro? Okay, so my number one is the worst person in the world. Again, got lucky enough to get. A screener link to this. Um, wow. So 
this movie reminds me of the way the drive, uh, drive my car is too. Just a slice of life. But this has to deal with the girl to four years of her life. Uh, she's about to turn 30. She's seeking what she's supposed to be in life and what she's trying to do. And it's also about her love life. Like what she's trying, again, trying to find in herself or what she wants from her partner, which she's not sure. This movie is a rom-com in a way. I guess, yeah. Would that be the way to describe it? Let's see. Yeah, it's a rom-com. But I would say it even has its like pieces where it becomes almost psychedelic. I think this movie made me like it gets it's very close to the age gap they were at. Hit very close to home in terms of uh wow, like these are the thoughts that we all have. It's such in her situation I can see why she does these things. Like she's just not sure what she wants. I can't wait till we watch this movie and we talk about it. Um, don't give away too much. I, yeah, I like, like to go on fresh. <laughs> I'm walking. I'm walking a very thin line here because it's my number one, and obviously, most people have not seen this movie. Most yeah. people haven't seen this movie, but I would say that I, I th- this movie just made me feel. I said, get to that feeling like, wow, that this tingle. is a, this is a comfort movie for me in terms of like, oh, years. I'm like, I'm gonna watch this movie again just to make me feel better that to know that people go through this. You know, I'm dying to see that movie because I remember when we saw the trailer for it, the theaters were like, oh. Gotta see that. Which so. we've only seen like once or twice. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to see that many trailers no, for it. I think I've only seen it once. But, yeah. This brings I, you yeah, to your number one. Norwegian. Movie. Yeah, that's what I, I kept forgetting. It's, it's Norwegian. Norwegian film. Mm-hmm. All right. My number one, or my number one part B, 1B, I don't know, is uh, Titan. Um, dude. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. But the reason that I ended, give, ended up giving this the number one over Degree Night was because I was way more surprised at this movie than I was the Green Knight because I, I was familiar with the, you know, the tale of the Green Knight. So I did kind of see the slowness coming, I guess. But Teton just blew me out of the fucking water. I left that theater and I just, even now I've seen it like three times, I think, but I still just think about it. The cinematography, the story itself just being so weird. Like that is really the kind of stuff that I just eat up. Uh, and the soundtrack, like yeah, I the love soundtrack. the soundtrack in that movie, but I just Julia Ducre now gets me super excited. Um, I cannot wait to see what she's going to put out next. Uh, I really do think that this movie should win some awards. It's not going to, I don't think, but this was just such a cool movie, a cool blend of body horror, and there seems to be a really big parallel between a lot of these movies we have seen and almost feeling sympathy towards really shitty people. Um, and I think this movie handled that super well. Uh, but yeah, dude, Teton is my number one of the year. Vincent Lindon for best actor. <sighs> yeah, dude. Like, oh my <laughs> God. Everything about that movie was. What a debut too. It was just so great. By Agatha Rizal. For real. Her first role. Just absolutely killed it. And she didn't even really speak that much. Like, that's just. The cars are so cool. Like the designs of like basically low rider designs. The, the cars. We had the Cadillac this year. We got the red Saab this year. We got the green Porsche. Yeah, the cars were just yeah. such an integral part to such a good movies. Um, that's uh, Teton. Honestly, every time you bring it up, just so much to think about. Talked about it for two hours, but still seems like you could talk about it for two more. I hours. would not even tell anybody what that movie's about. If they asked me, like, just just go watch. Well, it. the craziest yeah. part is like we knew what it was going to be about, like the whole sex with a car thing. Like, okay, what's going to happen? But that movie is not. That's almost on the back burner that, for most of the movie. That's the part that's like on the synopsis. Yeah, yeah. They they don't mind giving you that away in the synopsis of what it's about. Exactly, and then uh, the movie was so good. 
I mean, I guess that was the best horror thriller movie of the year. Probably. I it, mean, it was it, for me personally. I didn't find it to be like a horror movie, no. but it's definitely it's got body, body horror. horror elements to it. The juxtaposition between the shittiness that these characters went through and then finding the love within each other. It was just, it was just so fucking well done. <laughs> like, yeah. done was awesome. How many love stories is there about a serial killer? Yeah. Right? A serial killer and a dude who was probably responsible for his son's death. And you know, Oh my God. And really, I mean, not to try to shit on red rocket, but to have two people who have actually killed and maybe not on per <laughs> someone who maybe killed somebody on accident and a serial killer and still having a huge amount of sympathy for these characters. Mm. If there's a right and wrong way to do it, Teton is the Teton, right. Way. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> is what I would say. That's what I'm trying to say. I got you. Yeah. yeah. I would agree. So that wraps up our top 10 of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, banger of a year, man. Yeah. Wow. This is probably like, uh, next year. There's no, there's no way it's going to hold a candle to this year. I don't think there will be. I mean, we are getting, um, now that we're done with our top 10, let's kind of talk about the future of the podcast. Um, our 2022 plans. Um, some movies that we're excited for for 2022. We already know we're hyped for The Northman because he brought it up like four or five times, right? You know the Batman. And if you've seen the trailer, you fucking understand Dude, why we're Now you understand. You can't tell me that doesn't look incredible. <laughs> I'm ready for this to take Robert Eggers into the into the stratosphere. It's like, no, you need to pay attention to this guy and you need to know who he is because he's making some of the best movies today. Yep. I'm per- easily one of yeah. the best working directors. I had mentioned my Mount Rushmore of directors, of current directors, and I already told you guys that he was on there. And uh, my other other movies I'm excited for, and I'm, I'm sure I'm speaking for all of us here, is the Batman. Yep. No fucking shit, we're Jesus excited for that. Brandy. I made a joke that we maybe do, we might do four episodes on it, but <laughs> it might not be a joke. I'm down to do Batman. <laughs> I'm down to do Batman the month, month if you guys Batman. are. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for Disappointments Boulevard. That's, that's yeah. Ari Aster with Joaquin Phoenix. You already know that's going to be like, fucked up. Fact weird that we're getting Eggers and Aster again, again. this year, yeah. and we're also getting Jordan Peele and Jordan Peele and Daniel Kaluuya is going to be there with uh, Stephen Yoon mm-hmm. and Kiki Palmer, and it's going to be uh, Nope. What, what what is it about? I do not know. know. There's no plot for it yet out there. It's just a poster of a cloud with a line of flags coming out of it. I don't know what the hell it's going to be, but I'm super excited. Cannot wait. That's three out of my. Dur- Three of my Mount Rushmore directors are coming out with the movie. Who's your year. last one? Is Julia Ducournau. Yeah, she, she yeah like of my, yeah. my four directors I'm the most excited for. And then, come on, man. Marty. Gr- Gramps Marty's back, bro. Come on. Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> is gonna have his first Western movie, dude. I know. That's, I can't I'm wait. sure you're excited. I'm mad dude. excited. For what a killer it. name. Leonardo DiCaprio is going to be in it. The Chud, Jesse Plemons is going to be yeah, in it. Yeah, well, we'll see. Maybe 2022 will be more better a year for him. Well, but uh, we'll I'm fucking excited for those movies. Do you guys have any other movies you want to mention that you're excited for? No, I mean, honestly, like, those are pretty much it. Those, those are three. Those are going to carry me for the whole yeah. year because there's going to be other good. Oh, and uh, Everything and Everywhere all at That's once. True. That, That's, that was a new movie. one that came out. Yeah, yeah, that, that looks really exciting. For. Yeah, Eggers uh, is my favorite working director, and I just can't wait for The Northman. We're going to have a lot of international cinema that came out this year. But we're not going to get to see till next year. So, yeah. like, we'll probably talk about like Parallel Mothers. That looks really interesting with Penelope Cruz. Macbeth. Yeah, Macbeth. Mac- we're yeah, going we'll to dive into Drive My that. Car, The Worst Person in the World, Memoria. We will get you these episodes as soon as we can. But um, uh, we'll probably also, we were talking about maybe doing some like director tier list, potentially having some more open conversation pieces, kind of like this. So, yeah, this episode is uh, kind of marking the end of our like film criticism era for now. We will still be talking about the films when they come out, but it's going to be a lot fewer and far in between each other. 
Um, like the Northman and Batman is not till March and April. Right. So I think we're going to fill up a lot of our time with more open discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, just talking about movies in general. Yeah. Like you said, tier list. Um, maybe I think, uh, Alvaro kind of brought up some fan casting stuff earlier. Like if Robert Eggers was to make Van Helsing and me and him kind of already worked oh, that worked out. out. Yeah. Oh, worked that sick. cast out <laughs> in our head, but that'd be like a really fun idea. Hugh Jackman's back, right? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah, Hugh Jackman course. is yeah, back. <laughs> and uh, the, I'll give another one away is that Barry Keoghan would play Igor. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Willem Dafoe is the wolf man. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're going to do a lot more fun stuff like that. And we're also going to dive into older movies. Mm-hmm. So 2020 stuff. I know that's not old, but we weren't doing the podcast then. And there was movies we want to talk about. But diving into some classics and maybe lesser known movies. Uh, I mean, just off the top of my head, we're going to do Indiana Jones. We're going to do stuff like Jaws. Uh, we'll probably do a ton of Spielberg stuff. Uh, going back and talking about Tarantino, some PTA, Stanley Kubrick, David Lynch. Like, we're going to go back and talk about movies that we know we already love. Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, Hitchcock. Uh, Kurosawa movies. Um, we didn't have the time to really talk about those with the past three months just because There's of just too, mo- too, too many, many movies. movies. Yeah, but now we're going to really get to dive into the movies that – we know we love already, and you just really go into those. And we have so much more to say about that stuff, obviously. Yeah, and also if you if you listeners have any movies that you think we would want to do, or maybe that you think we haven't even seen, shoot shoot us those suggestions, and maybe you know we'll end up doing an episode about that. Because in all honesty, um, one of our friends kept asking me what movie are you guys doing next and i can't even think what the next movie that's coming out that we would want to talk about just because um, I'm not. It, it would maybe be like macbeth or right uh, if one we can if we can get access to one of these other movies that was on your list but i mean yeah man until until macbeth which is like two weeks from now on apple tv i think we might air. do another lobby talk or maybe we'll do uh some kind of open conversation but yeah the podcast is going to be changing a little bit, but I'm really excited because this is what we wanted to do in the beginning. Yeah, I think this was a good way, doing what we did the past like three, four months, it was a good way to kind of establish a baseline. Cut our teeth. Yeah, yeah, get some work under our belts and see what like this is really going to be, and now we can kind of branch out and do some different stuff and take some suggestions from the audience. We'll so. talk about movies you guys probably have seen. Yeah, <laughs> that's the other thing is like, I mean, we really felt like we did have to cover all these movies because they came out, but... It also did that hurt in a way because a lot of people may not have seen these. We don't know. So trying to give you guys the ability to kind of tune in for stuff that maybe you have seen or that is easier to see. So. It's also hard to think if we had all of a sudden opened an alien discourse in 2021 that it would be very groundbreaking. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. There's just there's there's some movies where it's going to be like, I don't really have too much to say because what hasn't been said already? Right. What am I going to add to the Do you want me to discourse? do a breakdown of 2001? Like, there's 30,000 videos of that on YouTube. Like, every film class. <laughs> and I'm definitely do. not the smartest person talking exactly. about it. So, but there yeah. will be things that, you know, that will do. So, Oh, you know what? Like, I'm not saying this is for sure, but I just got The Killing on Criterion, which is one of uh, Kubrick's first movies, and you haven't yet. seen it. So, yeah. like... Something like that, like a 1950s movie. We might just talk about one week or a 70s movie or an 80s movie. And we're really going to dive into the world of older movies and classics. And Fucking just, OG Nightmare Alley. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like, yeah, stuff like that. Like, that'd be fun. Like idea a, to do a comparison. comparison. Detective Crashmore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> on that note, I think we should just close it down uh, and ring out the new year. Yeah. 
super thankful for everybody who's tuned in. You guys have no idea how much it means to us. Yeah, this was honestly like, this was so much fun just just to actually do something and have this kind of catch on and have you guys listening and interacting with us has been awesome. Um, I cannot express how thankful that we are for that because without you guys, this is not a podcast. This is us recording ourselves speak. So, it's you know, old yeah. man yells at cloud. <laughs> exactly. But so, you guys have given us someone to talk to. You know what? This has been awesome. We appreciate the engagement. Um, we're looking forward to seeing your guys' suggestions this next year. And, I mean, yeah, have a, have a happy new year. Hope you enjoy 2021. Yeah, you got anything to say to the people, bro? I just had one last question to try to just see if you guys, on the spot, ask you guys, what was your favorite movie that you saw this year in general? Oh, that didn't oh. that didn't come they out didn't this have, year. It didn't have to come out this year. Uh, oh, okay, an old movie that I seen this year for the first time. Or like, yeah, exactly. I Singing have, in the rain. I got two. Of them. That's I watched Singing one. in the rain uh, on uh, this past week when it was it was raining super heavy, and I'd never seen that movie. It blew me away that yeah. that's a truly perfect, perfect movie. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of movie that made me realize what poverty times we're in. I'm like, we had it so good. Society as a whole had it so good back then, and they didn't even know it. Agreed. Yeah, that's that's um, Singing in the Rain. I remember seeing that one in film class. That's where I first seen that movie, too. It's perfect. I think, you I, I, know. I think I know what it is, so I'm not. He, he gave one, right, though, yeah. I'm going to get one, too. Yeah, it, one. it has I'll to be Paris, Texas. Yeah, dude, Jesus Is that both Christ. of your guys's? That's That would be mine, but I'll talk about a different one because. But Paris, Texas, wow. Um, I don't know how I first heard of this movie, but just the little snapshots of it. Definitely the memes on in, Instagram. Or the, the yeah, I guess. Or not memes? memes, but like people post about it a lot. That's true, it. yeah, yeah, It's yeah. a big Instagram and Twitter mm-hmm. movie of like, have you seen Paris, Texas? Vin Vendors, right? Yeah. Um, that's not. I think it's. It checks I gave you it a five, five card, out of eight. You know, yeah. like I've seen Paris Texas. Bro, that's yeah, legit. Like, like one of the best movies ever. Five, but yeah, <laughs> I think it's just like five out of five movies as I was watching, and I think it has everything. It reminds me of the reasons why I love Red Rocket and and Spencer, but the reasons why I also love stuff like Macbeth. Like in terms of being able to just make everything looks so well and there's like it's peak peak cinema i think yeah so i mean i would say that paris texas is probably mine but since you went with that i'm gonna go with brian de palma's and john travolta's blowout yeah i can't believe i I really still can't get over that movie it's fucking awesome that's john travolta's best performance i like it more than pulp fiction um Dude, if you haven't seen that movie, go see it. It's so, that's it's, fucking it's such a cinema. Fun movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got one last subject in there for you guys. We yeah. snuck it right in at the very so. end. But uh, happy New Year, everybody! Yeah, happy, happy New, New Year, Year, everybody! Go see some movies. Spend yeah, some watch some movies. Spend some time inside. Don't catch Omicron. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, for the last time in 2021, thank you for checking in. We're checking out Grand Cinema Hotel forever. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. guys.